Blog Talk Radio.
Wow, that is some good skating music. Oh, wow. Well, welcome. Mayotte Hotel, Grand Rising, Better Love. Welcome to the Dr. Robert X Forum by way of Truth to Power. I'm Beverly, and I want to wish the family happy Valentine's Day and better, better, better love. How you doing, Dr. Robert X? Uh, without, Bear, but <laughs> absolutely, no question about it, Bear. Uh, yeah. That good skate music. I didn't know you was a skater, Bear. Yes, back in the day. <laughs> you don't get out there anymore? Uh, no, 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 no. Well, you know, back back in the day, skating was a hell of a pastime. Uh, That's where you meet people, yes. Bev, I knew people that when they got their first pair of precision, Uh you would have won the lottery. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people guarded them skates with their lives because they cost Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. And they had bearings in them, so it was like you were floating (laughs) on. Yes. It's like the Mercedes Benz escapes, if you will. Thank you. That's right. That's right. So there. I, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this session up tonight. And okay. by the way, the session is 2024, mm-hmm. the metaphysicality of black feminine infinity. Can you hear can you hear my music playing in the background there? No. Okay, good, good. It's in another room, so Okay. Uh, but yeah, just to remind the family, uh, and we're gonna try to wrap this one up real nicely for the family. And by the way, uh, uh I echo your sentiments, Deb. Uh for those of you who celebrated uh happy Valentine's Day, uh I know it has a cult uh, significance behind it, as so many of the holidays do, but mm-hmm. that's all. Uh, we've got to learn how to, uh, I hate to use this word, but a little bit more inclusive uh, of other people's uh, uh, belief systems. I think uh, that will go a long way towards uh, the world moving forward in total. Mm-hmm. And I also think that much of the reason that people haven't been able to get along is because of institutions that are so rigid in their thinking that they don't allow for inclusion of anybody else's. And therefore, if you're not and you do not accept uh, every single thing that I believe in, uh, you are invalid. You, you you really don't matter. That kind of philosophy uh, sets up a prime environment for removing that which is which is different from you. You can take that philosophical uh, point of view, and you can apply it to a lot of things in terms of man's inhumanity to man over the dawning of time, simply because people are different. And that is why, Sister Bear uh, family, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily condemn uh, people 
who are not 100% like everybody else, uh, I'm I'm condemning the behavior of these people and attempting to vilify those who don't necessarily agree with them. See, that, and they come at, at the vast majority of the people under the mantra of inclusion, when in fact they are exactly the opposite. They're exclusive, okay? So much so that uh, in a large respect, if you look at some of the things that are going on in society today, uh, the people who are pushing that particular agenda are simply, uh, are simply moving back towards segregation. Mm-hmm. And they don't even realize it. At least I think they don't realize it. Because, again, it's the exact opposite of what they claim they're for. And when you're dealing with a majority population that uh, don't necessarily subscribe to what you do, you should learn to tread very carefully because you're upset that huge majority and it'll come down on you like a ton of bricks. And so as we wrap up this thing tonight, Bev, that's pretty Mm -hmm. much my lesson to these black lesbians who somehow, um, have been given the idea that they have some extraordinary powers because uh, the people that really run the real system of white supremacy have given them the authority to go out there and run their mouths. Be careful what you wish for. And it's already starting. And I think that a lot of that is probably because they really don't have a real concept as to who they are. They have severe personality problems. Well, they live in a lie. You know, how can you say you want something that you're not? Um, Far be it from me to be able to answer that question. Uh, I'm not a psychologist. (laughs) 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 A lot of times I deal with psychology. Uh, many of the people who claim to be psychologists were lesbians and homosexuals themselves. Mm-hmm. In the case of Sigmund Freud, he's absolutely out of his mind. Okay? Uh, running around with what he termed his Oedipus complex, where he won't have sex with his mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, uh, of course, his uh, granddaughter, Edward Bernays' daughter, mm-hmm. I hope I got She's a lesbian, and she's a psychologist, but she's having sex with her patients. Mm. Dysfunctional. Exactly. And that's the psychological paradigm. That's the origin of much of what you see being allowed today. The origin of it is Sigmund Freud. Now, not not so coincidentally, the computer systems are based on Hegel's philosophy, problem, reaction, solution. The logical foundation of the computer systems. 
embedded in the system. And as we've gone, uh, uh, I guess within the last seven, eight years, uh, we went into that uh, where we could explain to the people uh, just how this particular psychological paradigm is pretty much poisonous because you can take so many movements came up out of this particular philosophy. I'm talking about everything from the 60s. That was a psychological program being run by the intelligence community. Uh, MK also mind control. All that was a psychological program being controlled by the intelligence community. And much of what you see happening today, or much of what we see happening today, with uh, uh, psychological applications uh, by way of medication, family, just absolutely ruining the mind of way too many young people, people in general. Because by the 1960s, uh, the psychologists had wormed their way into uh, national acceptance such that many of the pills that these people would come up with uh, would just scramble your mind, but people had accepted it, so they began to take them. Okay? This is the 1960s. By the 1970s, I think it was, if my memory serves me correct, 80% of suburban households were inhabited by uh, white women who were on these medications. Okay? That's the early 80s. Simultaneously, around this same time, late 1970s, early 1980s, they began to come up with fake psychological designations and put the children on these things. They call them psychotropics. Okay? And there was such an alarm when the, because I recall seeing major news stories talking about the number of suburban housewives that were on these psychotropic drugs. They had to have something to do with their time. Okay? But when they put the children on them, it, as time has progressed, they put the children on them at earlier and earlier ages. Okay? I remember when they was putting them on them when they was in the fourth grade. Yes. Yes. So, you know, that's just to certify the psychological community. And remember, Sister Bear, the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, is the Bible for policing behavior in this country. So when they designate uh, this dysfunctional behavior, I'm talking, uh, and again, with all due respect to them, you can choose it if you want. You can call me anything that you want. I don't have a problem with it, okay? 
But as a heterosexual, I consider uh, much of what I'm saying today is dysfunctional. It's dysfunction. Okay? Uh, but that that dysfunction was legalized by the DSM. Prior to that, homosexual was seen as a mental illness. Again, another psychological designation. So I'm not quite sure if people really understand how much psychology uh, uh, has a stranglehold over the culture today because it basically is the guidelines for behavior. And because of the medical establishment, uh, that behavior is going haywire. Uh, before we get into the subject matter, like we're not in it already, uh, well, I'll just go here. Uh, what did you see today, Bear? Did you see anything Nothing. interesting today? <laughs> okay. No. Good. There was not a whole lot happened. Oh, okay. So I didn't miss nothing. No, nah, not to any great degree, at least from my vantage point. Um, okay. But there was a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one of them is what we mentioned yesterday. Uh, one of the things we mentioned yesterday. Oh, and before I get into that, Bear, I mm-hmm. meant to mention it. I may be coming up to Detroit to give a couple of lectures. Oh, yes. When? Uh, I don't know. Late March, maybe late March or April. Nothing is tentative right now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. We discussions trying to, you know, get the, a more a favorable date uh, mm-hmm. or uh, man, it's it's been a minute since I, I, know. I was in. Uh, matter of fact, it's been a minute since I've given any kind of form of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's we're trying to get that all worked out, and of course, that's probably going to be at Sister Nandi's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, all my family, and that's what y'all are up there in Detroit, man. Y'all don't know. Uh, <laughs> I may be coming back. Again, okay. nothing is so far, but March, April, okay? okay, somewhere period. So now we got that out the way. I know okay. before we time we get off here tonight, uh, some of the family in Detroit gonna be calling, man. Why didn't you tell me you was coming, man? I don't have no date yet. <laughs> okay. okay. So, now, uh, we mentioned yesterday. Uh, in terms of the uh, money that's going to Ukraine and how that money is primarily disappearing or some of it is disappearing in a black hole. And we pointed out that that black hole uh, has a definitive end to it. This is not a finite, I mean, an infinite, uh, this is not an infinite black hole. It is a finite black hole, meaning it has an ending and a beginning. And that that black hole was weapons being bought 
and shipped all around the world to terrorist organizations to get them ready for this global war effort that these people will attempt to put into place. And we've already identified last week that some of those weapons earmarked for Ukraine are already down in Mexico with the cartels. Well, I had the opportunity earlier today to watch a couple of videos that came up on my feed. Man, this happens so much that it's kind of spooky sometimes because I know that Mm -hmm. they're monitoring where I'm going, even if I'm doing Google searches. The next thing I know, I got um, videos popping up in my YouTube feed, right? Mm-hmm. That basically mm-hmm. that I was looking up. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, this came up. I saw this today. Mm-hmm. FBI terror in New York City, Venezuelan gang, El Trandi, El Trandi <laughs> Arapa, teaming up with MS-13, using mopeds for grabbing people's open cell phones. And what came up in my YouTube feed was video of some of this stuff happening. And I remember Tutmos commenting on the fact that these guys all seem to have, well, not everybody, but a large number of them seem to have these mopeds. The, the well, mopeds, you saying? The mopeds, you know those little motorbikes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they do. That's yeah. I, I look at a guy that reports. He, you know, he go on the scene, and it's just rows and rows of, of the mopeds, and a lot of them don't even have license plates on them. That's right. I mean, they. Well, these are the illegals. Yes. Right. And, That's where he go. Where they at? Yeah. Yeah, and you would ask yourself, well, why are they buying all these mopeds all of a sudden? Well, the reason that they're buying the mopeds is because it's a quick getaway. Right, that's what the robbers use, a lot of them snatch and grab and run. That's what they're doing, okay? Mm -hmm. What they're doing, and they're very organized. Now, you can... I know everybody can see uh, a clash coming uh, with the change in the weather. There's going to be clashes, mm-hmm. okay? And those clashes, a lot of them are going to be between them and us. Because they're putting large numbers of them in our neighborhoods. Or what we see is our, our neighborhood. And by the way, Uh, This article is from CitizenWatchReport.com, CitizenWatchReport.com. So they are already hooking up with MS-13. All right? Now, keep in mind that MS-13 don't exist in no vacuum. Remember, 
the DEA and the FBI, you can read into that, the U.S. government has been caught basically uh, financing, working with uh, the Sinaloa cartel, which was the number two cartel in Mexico. Okay? So I can almost guarantee the weapons are already being smuggled into this country, and they probably have them as safe houses. All right? article that I didn't know anything about, I had heard that uh, some of these uh, uh, Latin American people were being recruited into the various gangs around the country. Okay, and, and you know that's going to happen. So anyway, here's what the article said. What, Manu- what's the name of the article again? Terror in New York City. Okay. Venezuela, El Trende Aragua, teaming up with MS-13 using mopeds for grabbing people's open cell phones. Because, you know, everybody walks around with their cell phones in their hands looking down at the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll get you killed. Here, here's what they say. Manufactured chaos. They grab the phone out of the hands of someone on a call or texting, giving them access to apps, contacts, photos, and anything else on that phone. The phone is then exported for resale in South America. They say Venezuela's most, Venezuela's most violent gang and Latin America's most feared armed group could join forces in New York City, a senior FBI agent has warned. The FBI is concerned with El Tren de Aragua linking up with other criminal networks such as the notorious MS-13, John Morales told the New York Post. They say members of El Tren have reportedly made their way to New York City after crossing the U.S.-Mexico border and have already unleashed their criminal schemes, including brazen phone robberies across the city's boroughs. While these gangs would normally mix, it's always going to be a concern as the uh, Trinde Aragua expands in strength and establishes a foothold. Right now, one second. If you are listening to Dr. Robert X on the Truth to Power show. Okay. Now, they say, uh, right now, we are working with our local law enforcement partners and sharing intelligence in order to stop the growth of Trinidad Aragua. As a side note, Venezuelan prostitutes have been flooding Roosevelt Avenue uh, in Corona slash Jackson Heights and Steinway Street in Woodside, Queens, and also showing up in... ENY in Brooklyn, 
okay? So, again, uh, I think some of us have, have got to be a little realistic uh, in terms of how we view uh, people that we've never had any contact with, don't know anything about other than what the government tells you. Okay? Now, it ain't difficult to figure out. The, the, it's, it becomes problematic when you listen to what the government tells you. Because, of course, the government is responsible for all this. But there's a, there's a bigger meaning to it. So let me add this. I, I saw this today as well, which I thought was interesting. Uh, CIA had foreign allies found Trump team, triggering Russian collusion hoax. Okay? Now, this is from uh, Michael Schellenberger and uh, Matt Taibbi on their Substack. The the reason that I'm bringing this up is because now it's being put out there that there was a binder, there was a binder that had all of this information in it documented that Orange Man had declassified. And he will be able to put this information out in the public uh, arena, basically showing how the FBI and other intelligence communities conspired, okay, conspired to set up Orange Man, 26 uh, members of his campaign. The 26, of course, adding up to eight which I also thought was interesting. And so because they uh, figured Orange Man had a copy of the binder with all of the information in it that he declassified, they wanted to go and get that binder back so Orange Man couldn't release the information into the public. Was the real reason that the FBI went and raided Mar-a-Lago. That's what they was looking for. They was looking for that binder because once people got their eyes on uh, formerly classified information with all of the names of the people involved and the other intelligence agencies around the world, the so-called eyes, uh, once that information got out there, people would really see that this thing was much larger and there was no pretext for it. It was all a setup. And you you begin to see the wicked hands of the people behind it, right? And how the media, the media, was used to amplify the propaganda. All right? And they couldn't get out from under it because this is government documentation. And it shows how all the other intelligence communities 
got together under the direction of Barack Obama and John Brennan, who was the head of the CIA at the time, to set up people all around Trump. Okay? And if you're really paying attention, then you begin to see there's a network where they have totally subverted the law, right? And you can see it in the behavior of people who claim to be judges but are nothing more than political operatives in black robes or intelligence operatives in black robes. So that when they want to throw the book at somebody for minor indiscretions, they do exactly that. A classic example is Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. How is it that you get a lesbian judge to preside over Ghislaine Maxwell's trial and all of the information gets locked up? The people who were the Johns are never identified and put on trial for having sex with minors. Okay? Uh, and just like in a situation with the mutilating of the young people today, using psychology in the educational system to confuse the young people into thinking that they're one of 60-some-odd fake genders. Okay? And when you look behind the scenes, you see Jewish billionaires are the ones who are financing this stuff. All right? These are facts. So that's why this was extremely important. And I don't know how many people uh, are aware of that this came out. But when they put in there that this is the real reason that they went into Mar-a-Lago, now everything becomes a little clearer. Okay? And you got to understand the relationship that the CIA has in infiltrating a large part of this country. They're not just in the media. Okay? So in, in some of the cases of the judges and people outside of the norm of the body politic, you refer to those people as assets. So they would be intelligence assets. They basically get paid in a variety of ways, promotions to on the bench and this kind of thing, to do the bidding of the intelligence community. And it's becoming, it should have become so obvious that people like Hillary Clinton can get caught uh, 
squashing an investigation of pedophiles uh, directly up under her at the State Department, right? One of her so-called ambassadors got caught red-handed. And, of course, she went to NBC and told them, don't run the story, kill the story. Just like ABC shuts down the Jeffrey Epstein investigation. All right? But the missing ingredient in all of this, and don't expect the mainstream media to say anything, the missing ingredient in a lot of this, this never could have happened without Barack Obama sitting there in the meetings basically allowing it to go on. Now, I've told our people many times, this is a dangerous, dangerous dude. And the reason that our people don't see him as dangerous is because they don't know what he was doing. Outside of growing up along with uh, Hillary Clinton laughing and grinning, right? Blew up a whole country for no reason. All right? So he didn't just uh, drone a U.S. citizen uh, because he wanted to kill his daddy, who was a CIA uh, operative, but was also a double agent. Okay? So Obama just dropped a drone on him and, and killed him and his son. It wasn't just that, family. I'll just wrap it up because I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to play this piece from Alice Jones. Uh, But as I said before, he's a very, very dangerous dude, okay? Very dangerous because he, too, is conflicted psychologically. He don't know if he's a man or a woman. He said in his own words that uh, he fantasizes about having sex with men. Okay? So if that ain't conflicted, I don't know what is. That's the detail behind this article, family. Uh, Short article, hell of an article, all right? So I'm just going to give you a a little piece of it. You can pull it up and check it out for yourself. Because this piece I want to play by Alex Jones, I want to give you at least a half hour of it. All right? I think it's that important to hear this guest. And here's what the article says. Last year, John Dorm, a special prosecutor for the Department of Justice, concluded that the FBI should never have opened this investigation of alleged collusion by then-presidential candidate Donald J. Trump and Russia in late July of 2016. Now, multiple creditable sources tell public and racket that the United States intelligence community, including the CIA, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. The new information fills many gaps in our understanding of the Russian collusion hoax 
and is supported by testimony already in the public record. See, the reason I'm bringing this up is because you still hear these people running around talking about Russia, Russia, Russia. Do you think, Sister Bear, that it's a coincidence that they're running around talking about Russia, Russia, Russia? This man uh, asked the Ukrainian government to look into the behavior of the Bidens in Ukraine. And then now we have both Russia and Ukraine embroiled in a so-called war where Ukraine is just literally being sacrificed, at least the people are just being sacrificed. You think it's a coincidence that there appears to be a nexus with all of this? It's no coincidence. Thank you, Bear. Now, I'm going to end with this little piece just to show you uh, the family uh, about what I said a few minutes ago. They say, after public and racket had been told that President Barack Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, had identified 26 Trump associates for the five eyes to target, a source confirmed that the intelligence community had, quote, identified them as people to bump or make contact with or manipulate. They were targets of our own intelligence community and law enforcement, targets targets for collection and misinformation. That is mind-blowing, okay? Now, consider, consider who's doing this. Because it's absolutely illegal for the CIA to be doing anything on U.S. soil. Okay? So to skirt that, they use their intelligence outposts, the so-called five eyes, to do the dirty work for them. Even if it meant coming to this country and trying to set up people. Okay? Uh, All of this, all of this feeds into a larger template, which is everything that's going on with Orange Man and government right now. Everything. And I would say close to 75 to 80% of what's going on around the world in terms of these people (coughs) attempting to go to war World War Three to remove Russia off the planet as an independent sovereign country able to do its own thing. So they are perfectly willing to sacrifice many people in Europe. I'm talking about from Germany to Britain to Finland. They're ready to sacrifice them just to remove 
And by the way, that includes many of us in this country, too, because Russia has made it quite clear. If NATO attacks them, they will immediately respond with nuclear weapons. That's how deep this is. All of it is connected. Well, Ramesh, how do you know that? Because you had Bill Clinton giving speeches in Russia, uh, uh, making a half a million dollars for a speech prior to 2016. You also had uh, Hillary Clinton getting $5 million from uh, the mayor of Moscow's wife. And, of course, there's no investigation into it at all. That same Hillary Clinton that's one of the primary fomenters of all of this insanity that you see going on now. The Jeffrey Epstein thing, remember, Jeffrey Epstein claimed that he was the one that set up the Clinton Foundation. Bottom line, family, is they are perfectly willing, and again, I wish I could say this some other way and make it sound good, but I can't put no syrup on this, and you're going to understand when I play this little piece for you here. Uh, they had every intention and still have every intention on killing as many people as they can. Okay. Now, I heard this today on Alex Jones' program, but before I heard this dude on Alex Jones' program, I heard him sitting down talking with, I think it was Tucker Carlson. And I thought the conversation was the conversation was off the charts. And the reason I felt that way was because he's saying things that, so-called academics don't want to deal with. And that is that the elite have determined that the people are not necessary. They need to get rid of them. And I know that a lot of people still find this hard to accept. Well, here's an academician that comes from Evergreen University, that's ringing a bell to you. That's like one of the earlier universities, and it's unlike many of the other universities in terms of its curriculum, uh, that basically uh, came out and declared themselves woke. All right? Uh, This is Dr. Brett Weinstein. Yes, he's Jewish. But as as I always say, I'm dealing with people based on their marriage. I don't care what color they are, okay? It ain't going to change my particular point of view as a black nationalist. Because guess what? No black nationalist country has ever attacked anybody, period. And the black nationalist movement here from the 1960s 
was thoroughly infiltrated and neutralized, set up, murdered, ran out of the country by the same CIA and FBI. And not just in this country. They were assassinating African leaders wherever they disagreed with them. So as we stated, what you see happening to white people today who are, are rising up in nationalist fashion all over the globe, I'm giving you a heads up on what's going to happen to them because it already happened to black people when we disagree with our treatment in this country and in Africa because it exposes the chosen people because they can't hide. And that's what you see going on right now. They're being exposed just based on that uh, incident on October the 8th in Palestine. Okay? So check this dude out. You'll find them quite interesting, but you're going to have to listen. Listen to what he says. What we have here. What we want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is, it is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well. That this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. Not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way. We are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity, we, can, we cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially, and what you're detecting as the, the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it's the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely that Many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots, it's the result of the mRNA platform itself. And anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed.
Former professor Brent Weinstein is in studio with us for an in-depth interview, taping this on Sunday while everybody else is watching the Super Bowl. I'm really excited about this interview. I've been trying to get him on the show for a couple of years. He's a very busy guy. He was just in town for the Joe Rogan number one podcast in the world, which I'm sure will have already aired by the time this interview goes out. But I just want to point out, I love football. It's great. But our society is in so much trouble because of all the bread and circuses that people make their main focus sports and entertainment. That'd be fine if society and civilization wasn't in such a crisis. So I'm honored that he would spend Super Bowl Sunday. That's a religion to so many, including my family, that's all watching it right now and wondering why I'm not there. Well, it's because this, quite frankly, is way more important. A, a game comes, a game goes. But this affects the entire future of our species on this planet that has never been in greater crisis, in my view. And when I first learned about the doctor and former professor at Evergreen University in 2017, he was standing up against really horrible racism against white people, saying they couldn't be on campus on certain days. And so I just want to remind folks of, of you know, where we really started seeing this guy uh, explode out there. And since then, he's obviously uh, been everywhere. One of the top guests on Joe Rogan has his own hit uh, podcast as well that everybody should search out. That's the Dark Horse Podcast. We'll put all that on screen for folks, darkhorse.locals.com, uh, and also on Rumble. And it's a show that I routinely watch because I do a lot of research, but I certainly don't know uh, a lot of what's going on in the world. It was a famous Greek philosopher said, I know that uh, I know nothing. Anybody that tells you that they know everything is either a fool or a liar. The more you learn, the more you don't know. But I learned a lot uh, from Dr. Brett Weinstein, and it's great to have him uh, here with us. Now, I've literally got dozens of topics I want to hit. Everybody knows half the time I do an interview, it's me doing half the talking. I really want to give you, doctor, a chance to start wherever you want uh, to, 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 to cover the borders. You were just out with the Darien Gap uh, with investigative journalist and war correspondent Michael Yon. You just did an amazing podcast uh, with Tucker Carlson. I watched the whole thing uh, once and then watched the clips again. We, we played them on the show. You really nailed what's happening. And, and we were just talking before we started taping, you should listen. We have to save Western civilization. We're in a crisis. We've got to transcend these uh, labels of left and right. I totally agree with you. So we're going to cover the waterfront here today, and I really appreciate you, you uh, taking the time to make yourself available. So uh, let's let's start. Thanks. I'm really glad to, to be here and to meet you finally. Uh, I've long been a, a fan of yours, if a bit cryptically. Um, and, in fact, maybe that is a, a place to start. Um, Many years ago, I guess it would have been something like 2011, I was part of the Occupy movement. And although the Occupy movement got ridiculous quickly, um, and I, I wish I had realized where it was headed earlier, I was paying attention actually to your coverage of it. And something that uh, impressed and surprised me was that as the Occupy movement was being targeted by the federal government, you covered that targeting and you were incensed by it and I was uh, I was heartened to see you defending people who obviously ideologically were not closely aligned uh, with you and I felt I felt at the time and I feel even more strongly now that you're a patriot and I really appreciate that you see uh, all Americans as worth defending and I, I need to add this the, the Occupy movement was the flip side. That was the left wing's response uh, 
to the uh, Tea Party. On the right, you had the Tea Party. On the left, you had Occupy. They were the same thing, okay? They were really the same things, but both because of their philosophical bent uh, were still at odds with each other, even though they were basically fighting against the same thing, okay? So that's why he, in 2011, he said he's listening to Alice Jones. This dude comes from the left of the left, okay, until he got his wake-up call. But there he is saying he admires Alice Jones, who's supposed to be the devil on the right. Let's go back. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. I mean, but look, if, if I don't defend everybody, I'm not going to get defended. It was that famous you know, quote by the pastor in Nazi Germany that, he didn't stand up for this group when they came after him, and he stand up for that group. And finally, when they came for him, there was nobody left to stand up for him. I exactly agree with this, and I think that really is the team that needs to assemble. All yeah. the patriots who respect the principles on which the U.S. was founded and, indeed, the Western civilization is founded need to put aside ideological differences so that we can fend off what threatens Western civilization. And at the point that we've succeeded in doing that, we can go back to fighting over ideological issues, but for the moment, they're, they're beside the point. Now, I didn't really go into your bio, and, and most people know who you are, and they know a lot about you, but maybe we should just real quick talk about uh, your background, what you've done, your best-selling book, The Hunter-Gatherer's Guide, The 21st Century, uh, and, 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 and then kind of your political process and what you would call yourself today, and then let's talk about that big attack on Western civilization and then launch into wherever you want to go. Sure. Uh, you want me to tell people my background? Just about yourself, yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm an evolutionary biologist. I studied bats as part of my dissertation work, but that work led me quickly to the study of biological trade-offs. That is to say, oftentimes anybody who's managed a, a, a system knows that you can't have everything. You have to borrow from one thing in order to accomplish something else. And it turns out that that's the way biology functions too. So anyway, that became my focus, and it has an important implication uh, to this day in terms of how I see civilization and other complex systems functioning. I taught for 14 years at the Evergreen State College, which was a very strange place. It was the most liberal college in the country, I believe, by almost any measure. And there was a lot to it that was crazy, but there was also a lot to it that was quite brilliant. The founders of the college had thrown out every single structure that would exist in a normal college or university and replaced it with something else. And half of what they built uh, didn't really work, but half of it actually allowed for professors who were very serious about teaching to innovate entirely new ways of doing that. We had total freedom to teach anything we wanted in any way we wanted. Students took one class at a time full-time. Professors taught one class at a time full-time. And that meant that we knew every student, not just by name, but we knew who they were and how they thought. And that allowed us to teach right to each individual, which is a very powerful way of doing it, which that, that strong connection with students is why when I was confronted May 23rd of 2017 by 50 students that I had never met accusing me of racism, I wasn't concerned 
there were too many people who knew that that accusation had no reality to it. And so I knew it wasn't going to stick. So that allowed me to stand up to them. And the protesters who came after me made the mistake of proudly filming everything they did. And when they released that footage to the internet, people looked at me being confronted by students who weren't willing to even have a conversation with me. And they knew something was wrong in this uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. Just interrupt. It felt like a Maoist struggle session. I think it, it was in every way, except that the students who were confronting me, I don't think knew very much about Mao, but in every other way, yes. Keep going, sorry. So uh, anyway, uh, I was teaching evolutionary biology. The college had hired a new president who was interested in remaking the college uh, according to very different rules, but he had a problem because at Evergreen, the faculty had the power to stop him. And so he effectively used racism to eliminate his opponents. And I became public enemy number one, not because there was anything wrong with my teaching, but because I was going to be an obstacle to his plans. And uh, that resulted in the dramatic confrontation that uh, many in your audience probably, probably witnessed at the time. Dialectic means you are using disagreement to discover what is true. I am not interested in debate. I am interested only in dialectic, which does mean I listen to you and you listen to me. Right there. Bev, 
I sent you an email of this program mm-hmm. so okay. you can post people that want to listen to the whole thing because we're not going to listen to the whole. I think the whole thing is about an hour and a half. Um, okay. But it's interesting when you look at that footage because we noted this a few years ago. Why are these white people angry with another white man about black people. That crowd at that university was 99.999% white and overwhelmingly white girls who you can hear them hollering and screaming with the biggest mouths. And if you look at the people in this in society who are the most venomous is white women. Okay? It's the white women. R- remember, family, this whole movement rose up on the back of the mistreatment of black people but it was being pushed by white women, financed by white men in the background. They pushed the white women out front, okay? And these white women and now black women who are supposed to be so kind-hearted and nice, they are the banes of society today. They're the ones who are so venomous about we need to go to war and as if there are no consequences for their behavior. Okay? Now, many of these white women have bought into this whole rainbow thing. All right? So you'll see the the group with the biggest psychological problem is really the white women. Okay? Now I ain't talk, I I got to say this, I ain't talking about all white people. And I ain't talking about all white women. But it's undeniable that me too movement was as fake and as phony as hell, right? Because they only pushed issues uh, relative to white women that were germane to them. That's what they pushed. When Joe Biden got accused of rape and sexual harassment by eight women in 2019, uh, they basically threatened the women, not Joe Biden. And then the one white girl who consistently stood up, stood her ground, she ended up, uh, I think a couple of years ago, having to leave the country. She now lives in Russia. That's the one whose mother called into Larry King's radio program 
and was complaining about having nowhere to turn after her daughter, who was an intern, was sexually molested by Joe Biden in the White House or in the Congress. And then these other women came forth, but they quickly got smacked down, right, because the the Democratic Party threatened them. I'm sorry, the degenerate party. So these people have a long history of degeneracy. I'm not going to go back over it again. But if you really look closely, you'll note that outside of Jimmy Carter, almost all of these Democrats have uh, psychological sexual problems. All of the presidents that have been elected, going all the way back to John F. Kennedy, all have severe sexual uh, hang-ups, if you will. Now, let me go back to this. Yes, all of these things have historical echoes. There were elements of what happened at Evergreen that were new, but of course most of it were was just a refresh of, of historical chapters. And, um, you know, it, it was about something else. Race became an excuse for a battle that was desired by powerful forces that weren't interested in sharing their plan with the faculty, students, or anybody else. It seemed like Everdeen wetted the mouth, too, or, or, or the taste buds, because then it seemed to be like the bellwether, and then it spread across academia everywhere and was defended by the media. Now here we are, six, seven years later, now everybody who's got to have a brain, the vast majority, did say, no, academia, uh, major colleges have turned into nut houses. Well, the fact is they were... They were already, and indeed that wasn't new either. When Heather, my wife, also a biologist, also actually she was Evergreen's most popular professor, but when we were in college ourselves, we faced the first iteration of what would later go on to be called diversity, equity, and inclusion. At the time, it was political correctness, and it had taken over anthropology. And when Heather and I took an anthropology course, we found an evolutionary perspective unwelcome. And so we fought back against that. I actually failed the course because the professor uh, was not interested in having any any pushback. But in any case, this has been going on for decades and it finally completely took over the universities and has left them uh, in a state that's actually totally upside down. I mean, it used to be that universities made students smarter. Now they're actually making them Fools. They are teaching them things that just simply aren't true and enforcing uh, their acceptance of those things. Like trying to make biologists uh, tell their class that two men can have a baby? Precisely. I mean, this is just, this is just so biologically nonsensical that you would imagine every university in the country would have a group of biologists saying, I don't know how you reached that conclusion, but it just isn't right. And yet one struggles to find any university in which anybody is standing up against such claims. And that's really because the ones who would stand up have been forced out. Two words. Nitric bust. I got to do get rid of this commercial because this dude will sell you stuff. That's why, Bev, back in the 90s, I was warning people 
that education as it is currently comprised is obsolete. Mm-hmm. Now I people can see that the money that people are spending for university ed- education, uh, they would pretty much do well to flush it down the toilet, wipe their butt with it, and flush it down the toilet. Because for what you're going to get, in the major university level, and he's right. This didn't just start. See, I can go back and show you where the CIA and the intelligence community uh, went into the universities, sent their people to work inside the universities, uh, recruited uh, some of them young people, all right, the whole LSD movement. That's how it spread, and that's where it spread. It spread it through the university system, Okay. So this has been going on for a long, long time, but people now are just acknowledging it, all right? So let me go back to this. <clears throat> it's rare you can get a, a, somebody of his caliber from the world of academia in the same way in the medical world. The same thing that they're doing in the medical, uh, in the academic world, they're doing with medicine. That's why the doctors are all pushing stuff that makes absolutely no sense, none. But they act as if it does. Let's go back. Stalled the world today and why you're so concerned about really the collapse of civilization. Sure. Um, there's a feature of complex systems that I think people don't really appreciate. There are many systems that are incredibly powerful, like Western civilization, but they are also in their own way fragile. The fact is certain conditions have to be present in order for Western civilization to function, the consent of the governed being key among them. We have to be able to throw people out when they don't do the job correctly. And to the extent that that control of the citizenry over governance is considered threatening by people who wish to use governance for their own objectives. They subvert democracy and they leave us with something in which, yes, elections take place, but our ability to control uh, in which direction policy moves is uh, ever less obvious. So that's where we are. We've got a system with no rudder Uh, or if there is a rudder, it's under the control of something that we can't see headed in some direction we don't know. And there's thousands of parallels to this, but the globalists can't win this fight against humanity. Oh, here you go again. And banned on video. It's one of the most important voices out there. There he goes again. He got to sneak them commercials in there, boy. Okay, now. Some of the big corporations, I guess it's a mode of control, has spilt out that the FAA is going to try to put schizophrenics flying jumbo jets, and they're they're literally going to hire mentally handicapped people. When I first saw that news a few months ago, I didn't believe it. I went and looked it up. Now they have major FAA meetings and major airline meetings that have leaked just the last few weeks. But they're sitting there saying, it's going to make everybody uncomfortable, but we're not going to go for who the best pilots are. And you're watching this just thinking, I don't care if they're black or white or old or young or gay or straight or male or female, but you better damn well pass the highest test scores. Well, what do you think are some of the key points that we need to remember uh, as we embark as on this challenge forward? 
your whole program is very heavily male-dominated. It just is. And really, it is white male-dominated. I mean, let's just say what it is. And so let's be willing that is today what it is. And then let's talk about what could the future look like if, if, if you really had this program that was representative of the whole um, country, right, of, of the whole world. And um, sometimes those are challenging or, you know, difficult, or I would say people get a little bit uncomfortable um, um, talking about that. And um, it's like, hey, we're not going to make change unless we get a little bit uncomfortable. And let's be uncomfortable together. And let's do the right thing and support each other moving forward. Uh, this is insane. Well, when I was driven out of Evergreen in the early days after that, I was asked to speak in numerous places about the free speech crisis on college campuses. And at some point, I ended up testifying to Congress on this. And I told them the same thing I had said each other time I'd been asked, which is it's not a free speech crisis and it's not about college campuses. That's simply the first place you're seeing it. This is somehow an attack on Western civilization and the wrong-headed ideas that uh, are alarming when you see them in a classroom become dangerous when they migrate out into civilization and they take over uh, engineering firms, they take over literally everything because uh, almost all of the important jobs in civilization are done by people who passed through these colleges and were ideologically captured as they went through. There is no question that those wrong-headed ideas are going to destroy everything that functions if we don't uh, get our wits about our uh, get our wits about us quickly. And even then, even then, you're talking about a problem that is going to take a couple of generations to correct. Even if we started doing everything right today, we have to clear the people who are so confused about the way mathematics and biology work. And we have to put people in important positions who know what's going on. But given the complete collapse of the university system, uh, there, isn't, there isn't an obvious source for those clear-headed people. And, Doctor, that's one kind of level, I'd say, down at the grassroots, 1,000-foot level, 500-foot level, 100-foot level. But I saw you on Tucker Carlson's podcast. I think you went further. I've seen you saying, no, this is very dark. This is very planned. If you go up to the million-foot level and, and look down and you listen to Klaus Schwab and the globalists, they say, we're building a post-industrial world. We have to have an angrier world to blow it up, and we're going to do this for depopulation. And then somehow they're going to try to, like, secret away the knowledge in some Alexandrian you know, vault and then roll it out later. And, I, and I'm a laying historian. It's a common-sense guy that researches, and I've talked to a lot of other experts in every field, military, finance, you, you, you name it, they say no. If they keep cutting off fertilizer and food, and if they continue destabilizing Western countries and collapse those, the war games go from horrible to Armageddon into the world. So, I mean, we're talking about cataclysms, and then you've got all these big billionaires like Zuckerberg and others building huge underground uh, bunkers, and then all the locals built it and hate them and say, as soon as things go to hell, and I'm literally in Hawaii, it ran into the uh, main contractor and then the workers and all of them saying, we're going to go get that son of a bitch. And they're telling me this, and I'm like, you know, I'm a, can I say that? Well, don't say our names. And I'm just sitting there watching them building this Bastille that's about to be raided in a new French Revolution, and, and these globalists think 
I mean, they've stolen all the wealth, consolidated power, created an oligarchical fascist, you know, system uh, with, with their computers and their flash trading and, you know, this vertical integration, and they're going to use some leftist ideology to try to control people when what they're doing is, is just scientific insanity, scientific consolidation for the consolidation, and then they think their plan of imploding civilization that, that somehow they're not going to have blowback from that. They are going, and again, they thought they could do all this and never be the target. They thought we would all kill each other, but now that we've identified the globalists and most thinking people now know about them, and there's a huge mass accelerated awakening happening that no one can deny, they should know your plan would never have worked before. One chance out of a thousand, in my view. Now there's no way it works. But as you said, if we tried to put the brakes on this and the globalists and the elite suddenly realized how insane they were, it'll take generations to turn it around. They've already set in motion a countdown to doomsday. I mean, I don't, I've got four children. I, I want to fix this, but I am mightily freaked out. Yeah, I, I agree. I, my impression is that they are clever enough to wreck the systems that work, and they are far from clever enough to rebuild something uh, in their wake. So yeah, I, I think they are they are heading us for disaster, and that they are going to discover uh, how much hubris has been driving them when it's too late for them. But I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. Not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. The way you just took my three-minute rant and crystallized in 30 seconds, that's why I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, here we go again. See if I can skip that one. Okay. Or is a great microcosm, the wars, Tucker Carlson and Putin. I mean, there's just a fact. Go wherever you want, doctor. Well, let, let's uh, cover something you asked uh, up front, which is how do I see myself politically? Because I think this is going to be an important potential sticking point for your audience, and, um, and it shouldn't be. So I will uh, let's say the worst part up front, which is that I regard myself not just as a liberal, but as a radical. Now, I describe myself as a reluctant radical because I've studied complex systems and I know that any attempt to improve things invites the danger of unintended consequences. This is the problem for liberal thought, is that when you try to fix things, you create phenomena you don't see coming. So I'm aware of that, and I would not be enthusiastic about changing a system that works if I didn't think that we had to do it, um, that the system that we have built is not capable of managing the scale of the processes that we are utilizing today. So we have no choice but to change, but we should be very careful about the unintended consequences. We should go in with our eyes open and we should monitor the consequences of, we're doing, of what we're doing so that we know when we're making an error and we can stop as quickly as possible. So what you're saying is you wanna change the previous system and fix problems, but this new Klaus Schwab fix is, is not the fix, it's death. It's death. It is death. And it's not that I want to fix the prior system. Frankly, I think the prior system was pretty amazing and that what I ideally would like is for that system to go through a process of uh, upgrading slightly so that we could detect the consequences of what we're changing. I just think at this point, civilization 
has technologically changed to an extent that many of our governance principles are inadequate for dealing with the risks. And you know, you can see this in the COVID crisis, for example. The, the biology involved in understanding the risks of the mRNA shots, for example, is uh, pretty deep and protecting uh, informed consent. Informed consent, in fact, needs to be, in some sense, upgraded and enhanced because of the types of risks involved in a novel technology like that. Um, so, in any case, I'm not enthusiastic about changing civilization. I'm a huge fan of what we had going, but technology is going to force our hand, and we need to be careful. I understand that. You're not trying to fix problems in the old system. You're saying it's colliding with all these great new changes in automation and robotics and supercomputing and quantum computing, all the rest of it. So we have to be honest. And instead, Klaus Schwab and those guys literally go, it's magic. Once the AI is in control, we'll fix it. But we've got to bulldoze everything that was already there because we're going to imagine this big, beautiful palace we're going to build. And then it's creating a perfect storm, like a black hole of destruction. Yes. And I would say the way to think of the problem is to separate the values from the structures and mechanisms that bring them about. And this is a place where I believe that there is no distinction between properly thinking liberals and properly thinking conservatives. What we want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is, it is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well, that this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. And I do mean meaningfully. I don't, I'm not talking about people being liberated to frivolously engage nonsense. I'm talking about people who actually have enough power over their lives that they can pursue meaning or beauty and compassion, all of the best things about Human empowerment. You. Yep, exactly. So, so just my, my little thought on this, and only because I've read the writings of you know, the think tanks, the Gates Funds, and the UN, the people running it, and Klaus Schwab and Global Rome, they just say humans are done. There's too many of them. We're, when you get a bunch of freedom, you become decadent trash. We want to bring feudalism back from wherever we let live. And then we're going to sit up here like Mount Olympus and, and, and direct. Well, I mean, I mean, it's the Hunger Games, but in the real world. The Hunger Games. And so Games. that's why they want to destabilize the human system so that we're so inept that we've got to have machines come in to basically run our lives as a process of then phasing out the human era. As you all know, Harari talks about you know the post-human world, the world, the future is not human. And, and again, you look at that; it's it's not working. It, that that plan would never work, in my view. And it's incredibly risky. Plus, billions of people aren't going to go along with it. That's called war. Please welcome Yuval Noah Harari. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. We want to stop this epidemic. We need not just to monitor we need to monitor what's happening under the skin. Now, I need to say uh, that this is uh, 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 Yoval Harari. This is Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. He is a Jewish homosexual 
uh, his degree is in theology, but he hates religion. So his entire working and waking day is to nullify religions, period, okay? And right along with that is the nullification of humanity. These people are anti-human is what I'm saying. Listen to what he says. What we've seen so far is corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. We now see mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Embedded in his hand is a microchip that serves as his keys, his ID, and his wallet. Government wants to know not just where we go or who we meet. Above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? In a matter of seconds, the chip is inserted. Transformation is complete. When scanned, all of a person's information about their vaccination status is shown on a reader or phone. Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into God. We are acquiring, for instance, the power to reach a new life. Re-engineer life. Humans are now hackable animals. You will own nothing. You will happen. I think that fake news has been with us for thousands of years. And just think of the Bible. You know, there's the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's all. To me, this is the central issue of it all. When you were on Tucker you explained, you said, listen, there's not words to describe, I'm paraphrasing, how dark this is. The open borders, the, 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 the devaluation of currencies, the, the destabilization. When you look at it, it's, there is organization by the administrators. As you said, it's easy to dynamite and destroy things when you're the administrator and have all this BlackRock money. But notice they can't ever actually build anything. So they're sitting there going, look what a great artist I am smashing things. And then society looks like a Jackson Pollock, but how are they ever going to paint a Rembrandt? They're not. Um, what they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. They were unconcerned about delivering novel they're not vaccines, but novel so-called vaccines into people who stood no chance for benefiting from them. Healthy young people, there was never an argument 
that made any sense for delivering those shots to healthy young people. About the best you could say was that you might do that in order to protect vulnerable, infirm people. That's not something a, a, a rational civilization would do, but at least that's a logical argument. But at the point that we discovered that these things did not in any way control the disease, they didn't control people contracting it, they didn't control people transmitting it, the logic for inflicting them on healthy young people who were not threatened by COVID and stood to gain nothing, evaporated. And yet, we're doing it to this day. Harvard apparently just uh, uh, reinitiated their policy of requiring those shots for their own students. So what that's telling you is that whatever is driving doesn't care that it is going to kill people who have long, potentially important, uh, long lives of potentially important contributions to make. That's, that's powerfully said, and well, I've got 100 angles I want to go with, but, but, but Doctor, where should we go next? People can find all your work at darkhorse.locals.com. They can also find you at Dark Horse on Rumble. They can find your book, which was amazing, I read it years ago, The Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century from a former professor at Evergreen State College. Where should we go next? Because, I mean, I'm happy to direct this. You want to get into Tucker and Russia and the war, the borders, what's going to happen with the election, Biden. I mean, you can see it everywhere. Things are unraveling. Well, let's uh, briefly just talk about the central concept of the book that Heather and I wrote. Yes. The central concept of that book, um, and in fact, it would also have been a good title, is hyper-novelty. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way, we are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity, we, can, we cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially. And what you're detecting as the, the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest to figure out what to put in our mouths, uh, to figure out what we should think about various issues. We are, we are like a fish out of water. That, that's the analogy I use. Or, or also, even our best men and women trying to go to Mars, they're going to lose a lot of their muscle mass, heart mass, they're going to have serious health problems. Once they, get, once they get there, they're going to be very lucky that it has a lower gravity because they're going to be a lot weaker. And, and so what we're all going through is, is, is such a change. Whether people believe in classical evolution or not, it's, it's clear humans are evolving. We do control our environment like, another, like any other animal out there. We're able to do amazing things. But with something this accelerated, we can't do it. But I read a lot of globalist writings. They're very nihilistic. They sit back and say, screw it. It won't matter if billions die in this evolution. Some humans will accelerate evolution. We'll get the Uber mention out of this battle of the gods, Guter Damerang, and I'm like, boy, I heard this from Hitler before. I mean, this is real megalomaniac crap. Yes, and in fact, I heard you recently talking about the fact that there are more, hundred, more than 400 civilian nuclear reactors on planet Earth. What people may or may not realize is that those reactors require constant vigilance to keep them from melting down. Their design requires that heat be removed 
from them constantly. And so a civilizational breakdown threatens to take all of the material in these reactors and expel it into the world. Somehow, I don't think the people who are recklessly steering us into such danger have considered the fact that they are living on a planet that is rigged so that they need people to, to maintain the integrity of those reactors, even for them to have a planet worth living on. So it looks purely reckless to me, and I don't think that there is a super clever secret plan that we are not in on. I think they think there is, but I think they're wrong that it actually makes sense. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've no folks that have gone to Davos and been around behind the scenes, I'll leave it that. It's literally prostitutes, drugs, they're delusional, they think they're all powerful, they believe this, and they have no plan, even 30 years from now, to have robots running these reactors. And it's crazy. If you look at the designs of these General Electric systems and others, they'll use outside power to then run the cooling and dump it into a cooling pond instead of the reactor's own power to run the system to use it in the cooling pond. And I'm not a nuclear physicist or any of this, but I read what they say. They're literally built the cheapest and the worst you could. And the minute the power goes off and the minute there's a crisis, folks, nuclear reactors are not like a 100 megaton bomb going off over Dallas or Austin and there's a flash at 5,000 feet and it vaporizes and, you know, destroys most of the city. But there's very little radiation after that. When a reactor goes off like Chernobyl or like Fukushima, it's, it, it's much worse. And we, those were partially contained. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of reactors blowing up. And even if you are half a mile underground, it's going to end up getting to you. And the surface of the earth will be unlivable for eons. As you said, I've looked at every angle. There's no way the so-called globalists that pretend they're masters of the universe have even looked at this one problem. Right. This one problem already tells you that, that these are effectively madmen, because if they weren't, they would at the very least have arranged to put all of the material that had been out of the reactors long enough, and I believe it's five years, into dry cask storage so that it did not have to be uh, actively cooled in order to... Instead, they store it in the open tanks. The worst possible place you could put it. And, you know, Fukushima taught us every, if you knew how to pay attention to the Fukushima story, it should have taught us everything we needed to know because in fact, as bad as Fukushima was, and it's far worse in my opinion than most people realize, it was a fraction of as bad as it might have been. And the thing that separated what happened from what might have happened was luck, right? They just barely managed to keep it together. And it is not hard to imagine scenarios in which, for example, a fuel pool had cracked and drained, causing a fire that would have made the site unmanageable. So they are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person, and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it, and they obviously don't know what they're doing. Everybody knows I'm not fucking around. Okay, there he goes again, trying to sell me something. Uh, but you have to... Uh, pick up the rest of that on your own, family. Uh, I thought that that conversation was ex extremely fascinating in light of the fact that much of what they talked about, we had discussed, and of course, in our own language, uh, but we had discussed some of the same things up to and including these people uh, are representative of that movie, The Hunger Games. That's where they're trying to go. That's not fiction. 
okay? They fully expect, like in the Hunger Games, to have a civil war in this country. And the civil war will be won by, of course, the degenerates. And that's what you see sending people off to kill each other in what they call the Hunger Games, okay? Where the misfits are now in control. That's exactly it. So I thought it was interesting to hear this dude uh, coming from where he comes from to sit there and tell everybody that these people want to kill you, period. And it doesn't matter whether you accept it or not. It's their agenda. And that agenda is being pushed wholly, completely, by the Democratic Party, force of the Republican Party. That's the dysfunction you see going on in this country in everything from the educational system to the border. So I hope the family takes the time out and listens to that whole thing again. Uh, I can assure you, it'll blow your mind. Because you don't hear this conversation coming from people uh, like uh, this Jewish guy. You just don't hear this every day. You hear from us, but you don't hear from them. Because they don't want to lose their particular position in society. Fear governs everything that they do. But we always tell people, Bear, when you acquire knowledge, the more knowledge you acquire, there's a corresponding decrease in fear. You don't fear the things that uh, you used to fear. There's a level of confidence that comes with that. It becomes very important for people to eat of the tree of knowledge. Because from that tree... Is both good and evil. And it's up to you to choose the path that you want to go at, go down. Okay? Uh-oh. You still with me, Val? I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> calling my phone. Uh, I thought I had gotten cut off because I'm not holding the phone. I don't know why they're calling me. I really don't. Uh, at any rate, we could we could literally say that what you see going on, not just in this country but on the planet, is symbolically the snake eating the, eating his own tail. The people put in place, the shepherds put in place to look after its flock is now eating its flock. Okay? Your politicians that you put in place are literally putting in place systems that are going to eat you alive. And if you've heard them talk, you know what I'm saying is true because the things that come out their mouths make absolutely no sense. None unless they want the chaos 
okay? I don't care if it's Eric Adams or Brandon here in Chicago or anywhere else where they're pushing this agenda. It is, in fact, an anti-human agenda, and that's why it is totally illogical. You're going to shut down the systems that are supposed to service your people, and you're going to shut them down and give them to people who are here illegally. No sense. And then justify it. So it's literally the snake eating its tail. As we discussed in other programs, another word for that symbolically is the Ouroboros. Okay? And again, another word for that is the Lemniscate. And of course, Another word for both of them, infinity. But it's the symbolism of society eating itself to create something new. I mentioned yesterday, they're literally getting ready to put humanoid robots on an assembly line uh, for the United Auto Workers, I believe it was. I think it's in South Carolina, somewhere down south. Humanoid, okay? And you heard them discussing the impact that technology that's uh, moving so fast that the people don't have... Uh, nowhere near the opportunity to keep up with it. And this is the thing that they should have gone into a little bit deeper because the elite have every intention of creating these humanoid robots that while they're underground, the humanoids can go above ground, right, on a periodic basis and check the atmosphere, uh, do their bidding for them above ground, uh, carry out tasks to uh, re-engineer the planet, and these kinds of things. And I remember there, and it's mm-hmm. interesting that here we are in 2024, and I'm talking about going back to Detroit, because in the 1990s when I came down to Detroit, one of the things that I threw out to the family in Detroit was, they're going to create a new species. And I focused on that the new species would not have any genitalia. And if it didn't have any genitalia, you'd then be able to identify it as a male or a female. Go ahead, Bear. No, I'm not saying that. Go, I'm listening. Yeah, so if it doesn't have any genitalia, how would you identify it as a male or a female? That is the defining quality that separates uh, uh, male and female. So if you don't have that, what would you call it? 
and look at what they're doing. This is in the 1990s. See, we are in 2024, and they are mutilating the children, focusing on their genitalia, removing it. The ugly part is they're going to be dysfunctional for the rest of their life because they won't be able to have sex with anybody. The males or the females. People are just going about their every day as if nothing is happening. Although, I have to add this, people are finally starting to speak out about it, but it's taken at least six years for people to basically push back on this stuff to any degree. That's why you got the oil borers that we're going to focus on here now, or the number eight, okay, and the other names that I gave for this, or that they give for this uh, concept we know as infinity. It's now being put because the women, uh, want, they want to put the women in a position where they're nullifying the whole notion of what a woman is. That's why the Supreme Court justice won't identify what a woman is because in their world of the future, there's no such thing as a man or, or a woman. They don't exist anymore. Okay? This is real. All right? So people need to understand that the esoteric part, the hidden or occult part of this entire dynamic because this that is really the thing that's the driving force that's pushing this agenda that's the thing that they couldn't come up with why oh alex jones knows this but that's the thing behind the scenes that's responsible for all this so that's why they engage in magic so much. Sex magic is just another component of it. Okay? And by the way, um, magic adds up to 26, which is the number eight. When you get into the numbers. Okay? So we've dealt with the Lemniscate. We've dealt with the the infinity number itself and this relationship with the number eight. Uh, we've dealt with that other name uh, that it's called. Uh, we've dealt with the tarot portion of this and how that fits in. Okay. And so we're going to wrap this up with the Ouroboros which is, as we stated, the snake eating its tail. And in this article entitled The Lost Symbols of Freemasonry, All Forest and the Symbol of Infinity, we find some very, very interesting stuff. Okay? 
Let me re- this is from drdavidharrison.com. The lost symbols of Freemasonry, the Ouroboros, and the symbol of infinity. Okay? And I know people still focus on the, the Masonic lodges today. I don't get into it as much as I used to back in the day. But I can assure you that uh, the Masons, although I, I feel as though they've lost some of their mojo, uh, they're still heavily involved in everything that's going on now. Okay? So here's what they say in terms of the relationship between Freemasonry and the Ouroboros. They say, the symbol of infinity as a Masonic symbol can be seen in various exposés during the 18th century, seen as a snake or even a rope twisted in a figure of eight position, a never-ending flux without any limit which reflects the theme of rebirth within Freemasonry. The master mason rising from the figurative grave during the third degree. An example of the symbol of infinity appearing within English Freemasonry can be seen in a print of various Masonic symbols in a copy of the 1769 Book of Constitutions. And by the way, the constitution of this country literally comes from the Masonic constitution. Okay? Uh, I did the research on that. I know some people say it was uh, derived from the indigenous, the Native Americans, the Indians. and that, But I found uh, that it comes from the Masonic constitution uh, way back when. Okay? They, uh, in the 1700s. So they go on here to say the symbol survives as the figure of eight snake clasp of the master mason apron, something that reminds us of the attention to detail of Freemasonry. They say the concept of the nature of infinity has its roots in ancient Greek and Indian philosophy, though the symbol itself is often accredited to the 17th century English mathematician, John Wallace, who was part of a group of natural philosophers that evolved, are you sitting down, you ready for this family, into the Royal Society. So they are the Royal Society. Just to refresh your memory, the Royal Society is one of the oldest institutions in Britain. And it was the uh, organization that was advocating the blocking out of the sun metals into the air to block out the rays of the sun that would subsequently be uh, adopted by Bill Gates. 
the Royal Society also has a heavily eugenics bent. Okay? So that's interesting that these people, okay, <clears throat> would subsequently become uh, the origin of the Royal Society. They say the symbol is used within mathematics denoting an unbounded limit. And you'll note, family, that sometimes you see these Greek letters and things like that uh, and other symbols being used in mathematical formulas. That's because the scientists know what these symbols mean. So instead of writing out long things, you just put the symbols there. Okay? Now, they say the theme of rebirth can also be seen in the Ouroboros symbol. The snake eating its own tail can be traced to ancient Egypt and occurs in many other cultures, such as the Norse mythology, where it appears as Yomangander. Yomangander. They say the Ouroboros symbol was adopted by the alchemists of the early modern period. Its circular representation of eternal life and infinity being alluded to in esoteric works of the 17th century, such as the Garden of Cyrus by Thomas Brown. Like the infinity symbol, the Ouroboros symbol is featured in Freemasonry, finding a home next to other symbols of life, death, and rebirth, and can be seen on the centenary jewel of the Ugly. The Ouroboros can also be seen displayed as a prominent symbol on the 18th century York townhouse of the first Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of all England held at York, Charles Bathurst, and on the York Lodge uh, service certificate. It is a central part of the right of the seal of the right of Memphis. They say, the symbol now seems to be used to reflect the longevity of a lodge within the Ugle, U-G-L-E, or in the case of the York Lodge, where it appeared on the service certificate, the longevity of a particular mason. In relation to the grandmaster of the York Grand Lodge, it may have had deeper significance, but this was lost along with the demise of the Grand Lodge at the close of the 18th century. No, that Freemasonry was still very strong in Britain until the 1990s, middle to late 1990s, when they began to expose the nuances of the uh, Grand Lodge and many of the lodges uh, uh, up under it in in Britain and other areas of Europe. And what they uh, told 
was that uh, many of the police, the judges, etc., etc., were all Masons, and that because they took oath to Freemasonry, they could should never be trusted. All right, to really carry out what we call justice, because they had to abide by those oaths that they took, first and foremost. Okay, and of course, uh, uh, that opening also provided in this country for the first time members of the I forget if it was the Scottish Rite or the York Rite. Ah, been a long time, family, but this was the first time that they had began to accept black Masonic lodges that they considered clandestine. They didn't accept them as brothers, okay? Uh, By the 90s, the middle to late 90s, that started to change. Now they began to accept the black lodges, okay, for the first time, all right? So for me, that's part of, because the, Freemason, the origins of the Freemasons come out of Old Testament doctrine. And you, y'all know who run in Old Testament doctrine. So you could say that that was the beginning of them beginning to use black people. All right? I think the Honorable Elijah Muhammad called it tricknology. Okay? Um, they began to use trickery to trick black people into thinking that they were going to be accepted, okay, uh, by the power structure in this country. Nothing could be further from the truth, as we stated before. If you understand Old Testament doctrine, they're using you to push their agenda behind the scenes. That's why Akhenaten, Amenhotep IV, Y'all know him as Moses, was kicked out of Kemet, ran out. Okay? In the biblical narrative, they say he was wandering the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. No, that's not exactly what happened. Okay? Now, and then again, all those other pieces that we've enunciated, all seem to fall into place with NATO and the Ottoman and the whole thing. All of it seems to fall right in place. Okay? And now we're at the point, just like back then, where you got the snake eating his tail, the Ouroboros, which, like so many other things, always seems to have its origin in ancient comedic science. And as time passes, they changed the names to uh, protect the guilty. Let's go here, family. Because you're going to find this gets even more interesting. This is from a cult world. You going to say something, Bear? So <clears throat> they were saying that... They they let black people in the masonry, but they didn't start letting them have lodges until the time you said, right? 
No, no, no. See, Prince Hall, who was supposed to be on the ship doing what was called the Boston Tea Party, mm-hmm. as understanding goes, and I got this from uh, my mentor, Steve Coakley, okay? The Boston Tea Party wasn't about taxation without representation. It was about having to accept black people as brothers. Prince Hall was one of the members of that crew. And because he was a Mason, uh, they had to accept him as a brother based on the oath that they took. They didn't want to do that. Prince Hall sent to the Grand Lodge for charter to prove to them that he was a Mason. So when the charter was on its way back, they went, they they dressed up as Indians, disguised themselves as Indians, went on that ship looking for uh, uh, that charter. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because once you got to accept black people as brothers, can you imagine how history changes? So they, the history they eventually dramatically because you can't have slavery. Go ahead. So they eventually ended up accepting black people, right? In the 1990s, prior to that, they did not accept black men as brothers. So that's why you had to set up separate lodges called the Prince Hall Lodges. Now, when I was a little girl, my dad was a masonry, and I know he went to court, and he did whatever signs or whatever they do to the judge, and his case was dismissed. Yeah. So they I'm not was surprised. letting maybe one or two, they was letting maybe one or two black, you know, a few blacks in, I would say. Well, the Prince Hall Lodges were, for the most part, I don't know of any white people that were members of the Prince Hall Lodges. Okay, those were black. Exactly. Okay, so Kyrie was a member of the Prince. Okay, all right. Yeah, so because that's our, but see, what I'm showing you, Ola Boris and a host of other things, they keep going back to ancient Kemet. They'll tell you that the stuff has Greek origin and all this kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I, that they'll say, oh, well, we already know, that blah, 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 blah. This stuff has its origin going back to ancient times, okay? And this is why I was trying to tell Brother Seti, I, I would hope that he had gotten the, the memo that Freemasonry, is, is its origins is in black people. Yeah, that's what I heard the, too. Yeah, the pyramids—that's those are Masonic structures. They still haven't figured out how they built them, but they were using magic, which again numerically adds up to the number eight. Okay, they were using magic. That's how they built those pyramids, and they use pi. Mm-hmm. They use. It's all throughout the ancient structures, all throughout Kemet to this day. And uh, you'll find uh, the numerology and the magic being uh, spread throughout Africa where it exists to this day. 
okay? The, the three, the four, and the seven, the man, the woman, and the child, those things are still practiced to this day. The, um, uh, the 18th degree, the Rosicrucians, do you know in Africa, they're gugogs. I'm going to use that old phrase, gugogs <laughs> of Rosicrucians. Okay, gugogs. Now, how is that? Remember, um, what's his name, Bev? Uh, I just had it on the tip okay. of my tongue. Pascal Beverly Randolph. Okay. okay, right. One of Abraham Lincoln's closest advisors because Lincoln was a member of their secret society. Okay? Pascal Beverly Randolph, a black man, was the head of the Rosicrucian Society in the 1800s. But yet, when he attempted to take the train to Abraham Lincoln's funeral here in Illinois, he was kicked off the train because he was a black man. Named his last son Osiris. Was a genius in the realm that this is what they called him. That's why as a black man, they put him as the head of the entire global Rosicrucian society. Self-taught. Self-taught. Traveled the world. Traveled the world. Names his last son Osiris. You can't make this up, but yet he couldn't ride the train because he was a black man, but he was one of um, Lincoln's closest advisors. Now, and I said, you know what? I don't think Lincoln was a Gentile. That's why they put him on the penny facing the opposite way of everybody else. And what color is the penny, Bear? Brown. It is brown, ain't it? Yeah. Not I only is he facing it's the lowest denomination of currency. But it's the one, and that one is yep. powerful. That is correct. Okay? And you can you can add Orange Man right into That's why Orange Man keeps mentioning the, the only president Abraham. that can is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. His family, as we established, was directly connected to Abraham Lincoln. Now, I know about what his daddy did and how he got the contracts and all that, but that that's not my point. My point is, how is this a coincidence? What side of the family was connected to uh, Lincoln, the daddy or the mama? I believe now I'm not I can't be 100% sure, but I think it was through his mother. One of his family members was given uh, an ambassadorship to one of the European countries by Abraham Lincoln. You can't make this up. 
And somebody okay. also say that uh, Pastel Beverly, his father was president of the Confederacy. Now, I didn't find that, but I will look it up. I wish that they can give me the uh, uh, Where that's place at. Yeah. Right. But nothing would surprise me, okay? Nothing would surprise me. Not today. But let me go back. Let me go back to this article because I got a couple of more things that I want to put on the uh, on the record here. They say the origin of the oil borers. Wait, wait, I missed something. Yes. Let me go back and start with the. Wait a minute. No, I didn't even start with this article. It's titled "The Oil Borers," and it's from. Occult world. Do I want to go here just yet? Uh, the person said you could get that information from Aline Bay. He's on YouTube. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I get, I got it. I, I'm glad the brother's still around. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I know he used to come on Truth to Power. I haven't talked to him in a while either. Yeah, we kind of clash on some things, but but that's oh, yeah, all right. Oh, okay. yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I mentioned SETI earlier. You know, right. uh, I try to tell people to go back and, you know, continue with your research. All right? And that's why I like to send people to the Rosicrucian uh, Society's website because I guarantee you, you're going to find stuff on there that's going to blow your mind. Absolutely blow your mind. You talk about the keepers of ancient African history, they got it. And we put it right here on Truth to Power. We expose the family to some of the stuff about the black woman and all the symbology that's going on today in terms of uh, the building of statues and things like that and what their origins are. You'll find all that, in, and they don't hide it. They don't hide it. <laughs> You just got to go look for it. Now, somebody say George Washington was a black Moor. Okay. I don't know anything about that either. The okay. photographs of George Washington, I do know he was a uh, a charter member uh, of the Masons, and uh, mm-hmm. they created a law specifically in his honor in Cincinnati. It's called Society of Cincinnati. Okay. It's there to this day. All right, but I don't know George Washington to be a black man. All right, same with Lincoln. I don't know of Lincoln to be a black man. I find it interesting that as a Gentile, his name is Abraham, and they put him on the penny, the brown currency, the only brown mm-hmm. currency facing right. the other thing, right? And he gets assassinated yeah. uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of things pointing at Old Testament, the Rothschilds and others, being behind assassination. I do know those things, okay? And when I look at Abraham Lincoln, damn if he don't look like no white man. Yeah. He look like he something. Maybe that's why his name is Abraham. 
And I do know that his wife was heavily into the esoterics. She was a witch. I do know that and had a long lineage of engaging in witchcraft. But there are a lot of things that need to be put on the table for discussion because so much has been changed and hidden from the people. So that's why all I can say is I don't know that. I can't say you're wrong. So let me go back to this. Now, they say, and, and by the way, this the title of the article is All Boris, and it's from a cult world. They say, uh, the Ouroboros, ancient symbol of a serpent biting its tail, forming a, forming a circle. The name Ouroboros comes from the Greek term aura, meaning tail, and boros, meaning devourer. The tail devourer represents the eternal cycle of death, birth, and rebirth. Does that sound like something bad to you? Is, is dealing with death, birth, and rebirth. Six, yes. six, six. No, 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 man. <laughs> what? There's a story of this guy who supposedly oh. died. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, don't you find that quite interesting? <laughs> birth, death, and rebirth. They say the Ouroboros is an important symbol in alchemy and magic. And I'm going to reiterate, as we'll get to shortly, magic has a numerical value of eight. They say the origins of the Ouroboros can be traced to ancient moon cults. There. Who's, uh, what sex is symbolic or does the moon serve symbolically? Feminine, feminine energy. Just staying on, making sure we got everything lined up here. They say the moon served as a timekeeper, especially of the eternal cyclical nature of time and fertilizer of life on earth below. Fertilizer of life on earth below. Because the moon waxed and waned, it became a symbol of birth, death, and regeneration. Lunar deities were often associated with a, de- with a devouring snake or dragon, which after swallowing the moon became the mother of the, of the moon's rebirth. The ancient Egyptians depicted the goddess Buto as a cobra. In fact, the hieroglyph for the goddess is a cobra. Buto protected Isis and her son Horus, the sun god. Similarly, every individual in Egypt was protected by a personal snake spirit that symbolized their lifetime and their survival into the afterlife. In her form on the Pharaoh's crown, Buto was called the Uaeus and was the symbol of the Pharaoh's power. She was most commonly depicted by the Egyptians as a serpent surrounding a solar disk, also depicted 
with the hieroglyph, with the hieroglyph Shin, a circle resting on a line that represents the sun's orbit and thus eternal life. Fast the first true Egyptian depiction of the Ouroboros comes from the tomb of Seti I, in which a, a carving shows the sun god lying on his back in a house surrounded by an Ouroboros. Such art was intended to ensure the immortality of the deceased. The third shrine of the sarcophagus of Tutankhamun shows the deceased in a stylized profile with one Ouroboros encircling his head and another encircling his feet. Oldest Greek creation myth, the Pelasgian, P-E-L-A-S-G-I-A-N, the Pelasgian says that Uranome, the goddess of all things, emerged from chaos. She emerged from chaos. The north wind created Ophion, the great serpent. Mating with Ophion, Uranon then took the form of a dove and created the world egg, which Ophion encircled seven times. Okay? Seven times. That would give us a week. Okay? They say the egg hatched all things in creation. The Orphics, who believed in reincarnation, had variations of the Orphic egg myth. The Orphic cult strove to free the divine aspect of the soul that was imprisoned in the body, paved the way for the Western mystery cult. In classical times, the Greeks identified Kronos with the earth encircling river, Oceanos, that also encircled the universe in the form of a serpent with the zodiac on its back. In the Hermetic philosophy that arose in Hellenistic Egypt, this is when the white people take over, okay? The Ouroboros became a symbol of the underlying unity of spirit. The Gnostics, who believed the world to be at the center of the universe, believed that the Ouroboros, or world serpent, marked the boundary between the world and the P-L-E-R-O-M-A, the Pleroma of heaven. Some Gnostics, equated the world serpent with the evil demiurge or Satan who created the world and guards the gateway of escape. Okay? Gnostics, check this out, family, equated the demiurge with the God of the Old Testament. Let me go back and read that prior sentence again. Some Gnostics equated the world serpent 
with the evil demiurge or Satan who created the world and guards the gateway of escape. So you can't get out of it without going through it. Okay? Gnostics equated the demiurge with the God of the Old Testament, the Alpha and Omega. The letter Omega is similar in form to the Egyptian hieroglyph Shin. How about Old Testament is an adaptation of ancient comedic science that has been manipulated, okay? And I know this kind of makes some people uncomfortable, but the acquisition of knowledge has always been an uncomfortable thing because you're going to find some things that asking it shall be given. Seeking, you'll find it. I'll leave it right there. They say, for the Nassims and Ophite Gnostic sects, the Ouroboros was equated with the serpent in the Garden of Eden. A hero rather than villain, the serpent helped Adam and Eve defy the Demiurge, Jehovah, and obtain the first gnosis or knowledge by eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge. Later, the serpent came to represent the guardian of the tree of life and therefore the gatekeeper of immortality. Now, we could go into that tree of life, which would subsequently become the Sephirah, okay, very prominent in Kabbalah, which is Jewish magic or Jewish mysticism, but it ain't the origin. It is not the origin. The tree of life comes from ancient comedic science. That's the history. They say in Roman mythology, the Ouroboros was associated with Saturn. And that then you begin to see Old Testament family gravitating towards Saturn. And uh, uh, later on, historically speaking, Saturn becomes associated with Islam. Well, why wouldn't it? Both Islam and Judaism, both, uh, uh, ah, ah, man, that's a hell of a thought that I'm losing here. Uh, oh, they both claim Abraham. Okay. The so-called bitter enemies both claim Abraham. One acknowledges Jesus. The other say he never existed and is blasphemous and that they still waiting for their Savior. In the meantime, they raised in hell and been raised in hell, literally, <laughs> all over the planet until theirs come back, doing all kind of stuff, raping children, okay? I, I, can't, I can't go into it. And it just makes me angry because nobody has to live in this manner. Okay? Now, they go on to say, in Roman mythology, 
the Ouroboros was associated with Saturn, the god of time, who joined together the first and last months of the year like the serpent swallowing its tail. Saturn swallowed his children, and with his skies symbolized the devouring of life or mortality. In Renaissance Europe, Saturn continued to be associated with the Ouroboros, and his skies became the symbol of death. This association continued into more modern times, and the Ouroboros came to decorate numerous Art Nouveau calendars. Then they're going to get just absolutely nasty. They say this. In alchemy, the fundamental message of the Ouroboros is the changing of one thing into another. I hope these lesbian women are listening to us tonight, Sister Bear. Because <laughs> in a real sense, they are an alchemical experiment. Let me say it again. In alchemy, the fundamental message of the Ouroboros, which is of a feminine nature, right, is the changing of one thing into another, ultimately yielding all is one. It is a symbol symbol for Mercurius and the union of opposites that would be male and female, ones and zeros, the three and the four, to give you seven. The point in the circle, I'm going back to all this stuff over the years, okay? They say, one of the oldest alchemical texts created in Hellenistic Egypt and included in the 11th century Codex Marcianus contains an image of the Ouroboros, symbolizes the underlying unity of the elusive prima materia, prima materia, which exists in all matter and is simultaneously the beginning and goal of the great work. It is the philosopher's stone the vehicle for obtaining immortality. And it also represents the cyclical nature of the alchemical process, which is the union of the male and the female principles, their destruction and their resurrection and reunification. The Codex Marcianus or Boris is half black and half white, like the symbol for yin and yang in Taoism. And by the way, the uh, thought basically traveled the globe, dropping the science wherever he went, educating the people. That's why you have ancient Asian societies, structures of black people, right? This ain't my opinion. That's why you have those statues, all right, with these black people 
kind of like the Nigerians in Africa who have that distinct slant in their eyes. Okay? Who could literally pass for a Buddha. Hey, Rocky. I'm sorry, Bill? No, I was talking to my dog. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, they say the Codex, Codex Marcianus or Boris is half black and half white, like the symbol for the yin and yang in Taoism, thus depicting the sexual union of opposites that continually creates the world. Now, family, do you understand the title of the forum? You understand why I labeled this form the way I did and how appropriate and timely that is? Because if these people have their way, we are headed towards the metaphysical finality of the black feminine infinity, meaning the end of mankind, because if they have their way, there will be no more women. Not only will there be no more women, there will be no more sex. All sex will be had by man and robot or woman and robot. And to make you think that it's real, remember, Bear, we pointed out in some of the research that they plan to have Robots having sex with each other and producing offspring. Mm-hmm. The new, the new species. Absolutely. Okay. Now, they say later alchemical Im- imagery shows the Ouroboros as two serpents devouring each other's tails, heightening the sexual symbolism. Now. Because the yin and yang, right, one side black, the other side white, tail hidden one way on one side and the other way on the other side, it almost looked like two hedonistic people having some 69, don't it? Yeah. Look what they say. Later alchemical imagery shows the Ouroboros as two serpents devouring each other's tail, heightening the sexual symbolism. Another representation is two dragons fighting at each other's throats. The male and female principles are combined in their shared blood. You see, family? And we in the year of the wooden dragon. Wow. But no matter what they do, they cannot get away from the union of male and female because that's what the feminine principle, the manifestation of the feminine principle really is. But they've come again with the fake feminine, this lesbian LGBT thing that's put out here uh, during the Obama administration to neutralize. That's why they created ISIS as a terrorist organization instead of uh, uh, a black woman later to be turned into uh, white deities 
when you study Greek history, it's not hidden. Again, go to the Rosicrucian Digest. It's all in there. It's all in there. Okay? All that symbolism has African origins. That's not my opinion. Okay? And when they were talking about the prima material, materia, that is the, the, um, uh, that they say is in all matter. This is my opinion, okay? I don't have the documentation in front of me to back it up, but I'm sure I, I have the documentation. But it has to stay in an opinion mode because I can't be 100% sure that the prima materia is the cerebral fight. Uh, Cerebral spinal fluid, that mixture that becomes sperm when you have your mind on, uh, we used to say your mind in the gutter. Uh, when you had low frequency vibration, it becomes sperm because that's where your mind is, okay? But as it goes up, it has the power to ignite not just your chakras, but your third eye as well. It's the same material. It's just a different mixture of the chemicals that are already in you. Well, the primal materia is both the male and feminine aspect of that cerebral spinal fluid, okay, that brings about life, rebirth, the philosopher's stone. They close out by saying this, on a higher level of the great work, the Ouroboros represents the indistinguishable and eternal flow of sulfur and mercury into one another. Okay? The prima materia. The permanent fusion of the two creates the philosopher's stone, the child, the God force, if you will, the manifestation of the God force on, on earth, the three and the four, getting together to create the seven, the man and the woman, heaven and earth, creating the child. They say from alchemy, the Ouroboros was absorbed into European magical and mystical philosophies of such groups as the Rosicrucians and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. In dreams, the Ouroboros often appears in various in variations such as the snake, the dragon, the egg, and the circle. How much time we got left, Sister Bear? Uh, let's see what we got. Three minutes. And I just want to tell everybody that we're going to the phone lines. If you have a comment, question, uh, you can call in and push the number one. And the phone number is 323 323- Six four two one five eight six push one, and also Dr. Robert X GoFundMe uh, is you can get it on the Truth to Power page. Please send a donation for his research and his time that he's given us every week. And thank. By you. the way, thank you, Sister Bevan. Thank you, family. By the way, your DNA. Is infinity. 
the double helix is the symbolic representation inside your body of infinity. And remember, they said they had mapped the DNA, but they said Mm -hmm. most DNA, this is how crazy these scientists are, okay? (laughs) Right. The vast majority of your DNA was junk DNA. No. Right. Specific definition, it has specific tasks. If you don't wake it up, it will remain asleep. Okay? But human beings have the capacity to do miraculous things based on their spiritual nature. Let me close with this. I wanted to do two of them, but I'm not going to have time. So I'm only going to be able to do one. And these these are from the book, uh, Pie and the Great Work by Marty Leeds. Okay. Mm. Pie yeah. and the Great Work by Marty Leeds, right? And the other yeah. one is Pie and the English Alphabet by Marty Leeds. Okay, but I'm only going to do... Uh, the, the great work, pie and the great work. And they say, let's look at the number eight. And here's what they say. I don't even have time to read all of it because it's, go ahead, Bear. No, I mean, I mean, if it's not real long, you can read the people on the phone can hear it. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of hands raised. Okay, good, good. Well, let me go go on the prior page. Because remember, family, uh, the page right across from this is entitled Electromagnetism, the Universal Attraction. And right above or right next to it is the yin and yang symbol. And as we told you, electromagnetism is male and female. One and the other one is magnetic. Okay? Electromagnetic. That's why once you understand that, you know that gravity is not what they tell you it is. Okay? And they kept talking about opposites in that present in this presentation. Okay? They kept mentioning opposites. The male and the female. Electromagnetism. Let me go on because I'll take up too much time. Going back to the other page on page thirty two. Uh, entitled, Let's Look at the Number Eight. Infinity, the Mobius, Mobius Trip, or Mobius Trip, the Noble Eightfold Way. Here's what they say. Eight is a very solid number. It's four twos, two plus two plus two plus two, two fours, four plus four. And two to the third power, the number eight, is the result of a triple doubling from one. That is, one to two, two to four, and four to eight. Eight is the largest number in the decimal parity equivalent of our doubling slash passing circuit of one two four eight seven five. Eight squared or eight times eight equals sixty four. 
64 can be spread can be expressed to the sixth power that gives you 64. There are 64 squares on a chessboard. The board has four sides with 32 dark squares and 32 light squares. There are eight light pawns and eight dark pawns. Four rooks, four bishops, four knights, two queens, kings, two players, and one game. Chess comes to us from another game called Shantage, established in India. It's a game with deep roots and a lot of math, working off the numbers 2, 4, and 8. Notice almost nothing in chess is done with the number three. They say, this is what Thomas Huxley said, the chess board is the world. The pieces are the phenomena of the universe. And the rules of the game are what we call the laws of nature. That's by Thomas Huxley. Then they go on to talk about the Yi Ching, which I told you, Toss, which is thought, okay, uh, traveled the world, dropping the science in the various cultures wherever he went. And thought or Toss is interdimensional, okay, interdimensional. You raise your thought level, and you can travel to other dimensions. That's why those people, all of these religions, wear the headgear that covers up the very top of your head, that portion in the back, all right? Uh, in the Christian uh, realm, they call that a halo. Okay, the halo is never directly over the head. It's centered towards the back of the head, the top back of the head. All right. Now, they say the Yi Ching, which I happen to have a copy of, or Book of Changes, is one of the oldest of the Chinese classic texts. It's a system of divination that has been used to predict fates and fortunes, answer questions, and guide people on their personal quest. The text of the Yi Ching is a set of oracular statements represented by 64 sets of six lines each called hexagram. Hexagram is a figure composed of six stacked horizontal lines, or yao, each line is either yang, an unbroken or solid line, or yin, broken and open, open line with a gap in the center. <clears throat> with six such lines stacked from the bottom to the top, there are two to the sixth power or 64 possible combinations, and thus 64 Hexagrams represented. 
the 64 can be separated into by the induction of mirroring. There are 32 hexagrams above and 32 below. Now, let me skip ahead here. On the next page, let's look at the number eight. They say, blah, 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 blah. In chess, they just repeat uh, the piece from the chess thing. In chess, we have one game, two players, two kings, two queens, four royalty, four rooks, four knights, four bishops, eight pawns, 16 pieces per side, 32 pieces total, with an initial battlefield of 32 squares on a board consisting of 64 total squares, 32 black, and 32 white. DNA, dioxyribonucleic acid, is the acid that contains the genetic instructions used in the development and functioning of all known living organisms. DNA's main role is the long-term storage of information. Is a synthetic version of the European brain. It's based on his logic system, a straight-line logic. That's why when you go on it, they say you're getting online, okay? Whereas black people, African people, are circular in our thinking, okay? So we believe we'll go around, come around, and that's why we are much more spiritual in our approach to things. At least we used to be, okay? But we are becoming extremely straight-line oriented, okay? That's the ego. Now, they say, well, I almost lost my place. Oh, they say there are 64 codons. Wait. They say an important property of DNA is that it can replicate or make copies of itself. There are 64 codons or genetic codes in DNA. Y'all seeing some chess going on here inside of us? So so the replica, that's why your children come out looking like you. Correct. Absolutely correct, Bear. Okay? Now, they say, and in some cases, Bear, you can go mm-hmm. way out even your race. And they say, like, the third generation will look mm-hmm. like something from your family. Your third child will mm-hmm. look like something from your genetic background. Okay? But let me go back. I lost my place here again. Uh, okay. They say... An important property of DNA is that it can replicate or make copies of itself. There are 64 codons or genetic codes in DNA. DNA consists of two long polymers or simple units called uh, uh, nucleotides, okay, with backbones made of sugars and phosphates. DNA contains the instructions on how to encode proteins for the construction of cells using four chemical bases. The four bases found in DNA are adenine, abbreviated A, cytosine, C, guanine, G, and thymine, 
king. And remember, we did our own research, Sister Bear, and we said that the two nines represent the feminine aspect in our DNA. That's adenine and guanine. And that the cytokine and thymine represent the male aspect of our DNA, which is why we are constructed, we are constructed with both, uh, both hormones, uh, estrogen for the women, Overwhelmingly, and what for the men there? Astrosterone, or however you pronounce it. Yes. Overwhelmingly in the males. But what are these fake scientists doing? If you have a child and it's showing tendencies towards uh, becoming a homosexual or lesbian, you would think that the school systems would then go and recommend that your child take male, if it's a male, take testosterone treatments because they're in them. But they do exactly the opposite. They That's what the they do on everything. Yes. They want because they want to turn the men into women and the women into men. Okay? So they know what they're doing. They go on here to say the four bases are attached to the twisting ladder or two snakes slithering around one another. So your DNA is symbolically a representation of infinity. And the thing that these people are working towards more than anything else is immortality. That's infinity while they wipe our asses off the planet. They say, uh, DNA, wait, there are four bases attached to the twisting ladder or two snakes slithering around one another. Its shape is not uncommon. We see this twisting, twirling, snaking structure in lots of things in our world from roots to vines to ivy. Most interesting, though, is where this shape is found in human beings. It's prevalent in two things that help bring life into the world. DNA and the umbilical cord. Yeah. Where's that that those uh, white billionaires there with all them black women sitting there? What did they tell them? <laughs> they That's like the umbilical cord. That's they call right. Cord blood that it has life-extending powers. And they said, we want some of that. They don't want no coochie. They want some umbilical blood. Black mm-hmm. like women. And it's, and it's probably, we got some people online, and it's probably... Uh, they chitlins, where we eat chitlins, they want to eat those umbilical cords. Because <laughs> <laughs> chitlins is a delicacy now. Yes. Uh, Sister Bear, I'll just mm-hmm. say, I'm going to repeat the title of the form, and I hope we did it some justice. The title of the form was 2024, which equals eight. The mm-hmm. metaphysical 
of the black feminine infinity. I hope the family understood. And even more, I hope those who are caught up in this, this thing, this manipulated thing that we're in today where somebody is trying to take all of us, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, and everybody else off this planet. That's the real system of white supremacy. We have been dissecting it, and more importantly, we have been identifying it. And we want these black women to know that that's the thing that you're really servicing. That's why they're trying to point the finger at everybody else as being white supremacists if they're white. And if you're black, you're victims of racism. No, we are victims of you, and we can trace what you've done to us in terms of the theft of our history going back all the way to Old Testament from your particular point of view. With that, we can let the family in, Ben. All right. Okay, let's see. Mike, are you with us tonight? Yes, Hotep. How y'all doing? <laughs> Hotep. Great, great. Best of love. Yeah, I heard you a little earlier, Rob, talking about these politicians and their efforts to keep people stupid. Um, I don't know if you noticed on the news today, they continue to try to drag Russia into a war that they don't want. You know, they were saying that Russia was trying to put in orbit a nuclear weapon. They said not so much as to drop on the planet, but to destroy other satellites, which doesn't make any sense at all. Why would you need a nuclear weapon to destroy a satellite when a conventional weapon would do just what you need to do, explode? Well, because you you laid it. In the beginning, you said they're trying to do whatever they can to push Russia into war, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and 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 putting panic into the people, or, or a lot of people, by saying that that's what they want to do. But uh, and I heard you talking about people being in bunkers. So if this yeah. jumps off, I I wouldn't want to survive it, even if I had a bunker, because the nuclear fallout is going to make living on the surface literally impossible for perhaps thousands of years. You well, have they, a nuclear... huh? they plan on using their technology, which they already have underground. They've got the, super, the quantum supercomputers already underground, working overtime, okay? So they need to turn themselves into part robot, part human, they expect to do so. I'm not te- I'm not saying they're going to be successful in that effort. I'm telling you what they're thinking. This is their thinking. So oh, they yeah, have they have these underground uh, bunkers, not no something that you just dig out. No, these are airtight bunkers with everything they need to survive to live underground, and they will use the robots like in. One of my favorite movies, I always encourage people to watch it. I love this movie, 12 Monkeys, okay? 12 Monkeys. You ever seen it, Mike? No, I haven't. I'm going to check it out, though. Must. That is required for everybody to watch 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis. Okay, Okay, I'll do that. But just let me say this in closing. Yeah. That if such an event takes place, 
you should hope that within the first minute of it that you are taken out because survival, even in their bunkers, whatever they got, going to be something that you want to experience. You're going to have a nuclear winter to begin with, which is going to block out the sun for God knows how long. So there's nothing that's going to be alive on the surface. And the type of uh, whatever you might need to survive underground is just not going to be that pleasant. Um, I'm telling you, what they're banking on is use of their technology. I'm just telling you what the deal is. That's why they got the seed vaults. Bill Gates got all the seeds and put them into the mountains behind this reinforced steel thing, this big giant steel door in the mountain. So they're going to be growing everything up underground. They've already got everything all situated. It's just a matter of pushing a button. They will do it. Yeah. Well, I think that they're going to find out, sadly, that uh, the best laid plans of uh, men often go astray. Uh, That isn't going to work. Because those, even with the seeds, the seeds weren't made to be grown or uh, fertilized underground. There's just so many things that are beyond their capacity or the computers to rational think. Mike, you ever heard of fake meat? What's that? You heard of fake meat? That's fake meat, yes. Fake. So that uh, Bill, Bill Gates got some, some garbage that you would squirt something on a Petri dish and then it blows up into a steak or something like that? Tip of the iceberg. Don't. Don't get out the habit of saying what they can't, or what they haven't done. Get well, out of that habit. I'm saying that, Rob, based on my connection with what I believe. And, oh, okay. And I, I, I don't see it, even though they may think it's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. Okay? All I'm saying is... It's not impossible to grow things underground. Things grow underground to begin with. That's why they start growing. Well, of course they do, but they still have to have something on the surface that allows that that's under the soil to come above the soil. My they well, have... I see. I see people growing marijuana in their basement. Hypoponic. Yeah, in water. It's called hypoponic. Uh-huh. In right. water, no okay. soil. So, where they going to get the water at, Rob? The water's going to be destroyed. Mike, they have ways to produce water from the atmosphere. Oh, okay. The atmosphere is going to be destroyed. No, I'm talking underground. Well, there ain't that much atmosphere underground, Rob. No, any no. Look it up. That's all I can tell you. Well, I, I understand what they think and what they say, but they don't know that it's going to actually work because then, again, in the atmosphere that they would create underground would be an artificial creation. It wouldn't be natural atmosphere. Some they, people just, believe that there's the inner world and, and that there's the world inner. Well, I, I don't care what uh, they can believe what they want. <laughs> Okay, 
but there are things that exist that were created by that which created us all that they cannot duplicate, and it has to be duplicated in order for you to survive. And that ability, man does not have. If man had that ability, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'll let somebody else on. Hotep, y'all. Have a good one. Hotep. Hotep. Thank you, Mike. All right. Okay, let's go to Tukmo. Uh-oh, we put in the <laughs> I'm I'm definitely gonna remind all of the court. Oh my! Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go to three, two, three. Better love. Two seven. Better love. Family, better. better love. Uh, brother Robert X, you had the the white girls. Going in on the professor earlier? Yes. I was thinking maybe they was uh, fighting for the right for them to, you know, link with them. You know, they they ain't um, having too many more white babies no more, so they trying to stick up for them because they see that they, that's their potential they might be getting with in the future. I see them as a bunch of misled little children, uh, just like the Black Lives Matter children were out there raising hell in the streets a few years back, who have been manipulated and programmed by an educational system that's run by the same group of people that's been causing all the hell on the planet. That's how I view these little white girls. And I've seen the Antifa wing of these people in the middle of the street all around the country stopping people, telling them where they can't go, what street they can't go down, and even telling some black people who disagree with them that they ain't black. These are white people who have decided that they're the arbiters of who's black and who ain't. Brother Robert X, have you seen the, the TV show, uh, I believe it's called Moon Knight? It's a, yes. it's a I guess with Disney? Yes, that was about, it's been about two years, uh, about two years or so ago. Yes, dealing yeah. with ancient well, science. With the uh, white yeah, it was boy, and all types of science on that man. Yes, did you, sir. How did you feel about that? Uh, I found it quite interesting that they went and got an Egyptian, a current day Egyptian, to be one of the major role players, and the current Egyptians uh, did much of the writing on it, but somehow they lost all the black people. Well, the current Egyptians now saying that it was them. It wasn't no black people back then. I, that I, was... get I get it. But the ancient architecture says otherwise. And okay. why, if they was those people, why they ain't duplicated what they used, they used to do? Why they ain't never been able to duplicate that? Well, you can't. 
you don't make statues of people that don't exist. And this is why, like the Jews, always show us Akhenaten. Show his daddy and tell me that ain't an African. You see? You very rarely will see pictures of his lineage. There's a reason for that. And, uh, of course, that's one of the primary reasons that the first version of Hitler, Napoleon, blew the noses off all, many of the statues in ancient uh, Egypt and Kemet because they had them big, broad, black noses. You couldn't miss it. But there's all kinds of information. That's why I always refer people to the Rosicrucians, because they'll tell you. They're in charge of keeping the history. So I tell everybody, go to the Rosicrucian Digest and argue with them, because you'll find some of the most prominent uh, people, black and white, as the writers of the information in there, lifelong researchers, studiers, builders. And Go ahead, my brother. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, the Russell Crusoe don't be playing. And um, Auntie Bev, I'm, are you familiar with a brother named Osir the Duke of Tears? Yes. Yeah, he he has a lot of information that's like. Um, he been on. He been on here. That everybody been oh, on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get that uh, archive back. You know, whenever you have the the time to replay one of those, oh, that'd be nice okay. to listen to. Right. Okay. But I I remember him in one of his um, demonstrations mentioning that um, George Washington was of the tribe of the Washington, or or his um his ancestors go back to that lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, where um, you know that's where some of his Moorish pedigree. Um, he was you know of the of the Europeans that was that was um the pilgrims and they had mixed in with the Moors that was already here or the Moors is always doing business with Europe so it, it goes back a lot of history of the mixture mixture mm-hmm. especially with the uh, the Delaware Moors of the East Coast. Um it's they're real sophisticated people. So and that's why I just want to drop that in there. An excellent point. And that's why I said I didn't know. I couldn't deal with it because I don't know it. It could very well be because people have been mixing on this planet for a long, 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 long time. Well, I appreciate the folks, the show family. And, uh, Thank and you. I, I appreciate you, Brother Robert X. Yes, sir. Likewise, my brother. And better love. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Better love. Okay, let's go to 312. This has been Andrew Nelson, America's Black Hitler. Uh-oh. When somebody tells you who to say, ah, you should believe something. Mr. Joseph Cardinal Redzinger. It's good German. He was in the Hitler Youth back in the day. You see? Come, come see this? You see, this is another side of me. So now you're German. 
Now hold the mic still. All right. I only know a few words in German. My brother taught me many years ago. Mushrooms go underground. They do. A lot of And mushrooms have a quality that's going to take the pharmaceutical industry, the F-U-C-K, out. Exclamation point. You can quote me on that verbatim. I'm going to have to quote you because I've never known Many years I've known you. I've never known you to use it. And I'm seeing more and more young people using the mushrooms. That ain't the mushrooms you're talking about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's in the culture. They're trying to make it legal because that's what, remember, Bear. That's what uh-huh. the, uh, it's legal in um, Oregon and parts of uh, Colorado. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it for one moment. But yeah, I didn't know that mushroom is well. Yeah, I mean, um, Edwards Village, they try to student and stuff. Let me do mushroom honey. Who's that talking? There? That's on the hip end. Oh, okay. Call in. Uh, Drew, uh, I forgot what yes, I was going to say. I heard all that talking going on and <laughs> people talking about mushrooms. Oh, I'm Trump's the- uh, beat, man. I'm the next vice that's- president of the United States of my president, Donald J. Trump. That's what the people in the Silicon Valley were doing. They were known for dropping mushrooms and a whole lot of other uh, stuff so uh-huh. that they could do this reality and exist in another day. And that's they, frustrating. That's where they a lot of their uh, information from, from going into these alternative realities and that uh, basically the ability to create. They call it microdosing. Now it's quiet. That's Okay. Polly, what is your concept of the uh, mother's wheel? Pardon me? You know, your concept of the mother's wheel that um, is deep underground near Colorado Springs, Colorado. Never Um, heard of that. Space Force knows about it. They should. I ain't a member of Space Force. Half a mile by there? half a mile. Okay. The mother's wheel that Minister Farrakhan uh, has been talking about forever. Duh. Okay. I ain't Minister Farrakhan and I ain't a member of the nation. So I, I, don't, know I don't know what he's been talking about. Yeah, me neither. I don't know about a mother's wheel. I know. Uh, Donald Elijah Muhammad was talking about the wheel in the sky, but I don't know nothing about no wheel underground. That's where she docks. She has to come to the earth once every year or six months, and that's where she's docked. Okay. Under Earth, under Colorado Springs. Okay. Yep, deep okay. underground is uh, an abyss that is like a fissure in the mountain, and it's very deep underground. 
Yeah, I heard about underground stuff going on in the mountains. Okay. That's out of my league, Drew. I learned it from Your Majesty, the Jai Millennium Queen Elohim, self-styled Empress of Heaven and Earth and the Holy Spirit, flesh, blood, and bone. Okay. Can she cook? Um, just, just joking with you, man. Probably. We were living in her two uh, black Lincoln town car stretch limousines. When I met her back in uh, late 20 and January 21, the month of uh, Trump's inauguration, uh, uh, Biden's inauguration. Okay. That's no accident. So what is she saying? What is she saying about what's going on with with Biden and and, and all of this and and the uh, old test? She and I were trying to get in contact with uh, President Trump as it relates to reparations. I was on official business for the, for the Morris Science Temple of America. Good luck mm. with that. Right. You get reparations through me. That's why it's necessary for me to be Mr. Trump's vice presidential running mate. Good luck with that, too. Tucker Carlson is going to interview Donald Trump, and he's going to interview me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I I suggest that you go to the nearest uh, production plant that produces rabbit's feet and buy some stock. Because you're going to need a whole lot of luck to get in on them interviews, brother. You're going to need more than luck. You're going to need a a bucket full of rabbit feet. I'll hey, that much. Do you remember when people used to wear rabbit feet around their neck? Yeah. They would have feet on their keychains? Yeah. I haven't seen a rabbit's foot in all no when. I'm sorry, I just thought I'd throw that in as a little levity. Mm-hmm. There are no accidents. And we're under ARGUS, acronym A-R-R-G-U-S, colon, aerial real-time reconnaissance, ground ubiquitous surveillance. Simple as that. Okay. You made a whole planet. It's under surveillance. What are you talking about the United States? Seven days a year. Well, I could believe that because every time I stop at a stop sign, I see all kind of paraphernalia up at the stoplight, all kind of stuff up there. Well, we got is, we got silence here. Uh, is uh, that leave. it? Right. Is, are you finished, Carla? I thought she was going to tell us some more. Uh, or what? Well, I was um, called tonight by a brother who uh, divulged the information to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's legal in um, Oregon and parts of Colorado. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Fall in. Make sure you through eating whatever it is that you're sucking on. Right. <laughs> So you could give us the information if you wanted to to call and give us the information. 
Brother Robert uh, X, Dr. Robert X, um, when I uh, email you, please uh, respond via email. Okay, when are you sending it? I blind carbon. I send it all the time. I blind okay. carbon copies. And I carbon okay. copy. You know what, Drew? I'm going to be honest with mm-hmm. you and him. I just got back into the habit of getting back to my emails. Okay. I have neglected my emails, man, particularly when I was ill back late last year. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and look at all of my emails, and there are hundreds. And I've already started. Mm-hmm. I started Sunday, as a matter of fact. So I'm going okay. through all my emails with apologies to people that I got back too late because, again, I was ill for months. So I wasn't doing the email thing too sick. So now I got to go back and get back into all them emails. So I know I got some emails there from people that sent me, and I just need to add an apology with it. But uh, that's where we at with the email. So you send me something here now, and I'll check it. Okay, I think I'll send you something. What should I put in the uh, subject box? That ain't my deci- my decision. <laughs> it's your domain. Okay, I put something in there because it's always been a carbon copy or blind carbon copy. But I'll just straight send it to you. Yeah, and for the new people, my email is mccrayr nine five nine nine at yahoo dot com. I haven't given that email out in a long time. All right, we sure have. We used to give it out every show. You're right. And. uh I know we got new people listening. That's why yeah. I've been adding things because I've been personally invited some people. So there are new people listening all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jew, if, if that's it, we're getting ready to head out of here. If and my I, people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, shall pray, shall seek my face, and shall turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their lands. Second okay. Chronicles 7, chapter, verse 14. Okay, but I got to ask you, when was mm-hmm. the last time you sung the Negro National Anthem? Um, long time ago. I don't hardly sing that song. Uh, uh, I I know you do too. Going to events around the city that were Mm black-oriented, and whenever they would break Mm -hmm. into the national anthem, you heard people mumbling because nobody knew the damn words to the song. Am I right or wrong? Uh, That's right. I'm going to study those lyrics. Yeah. I hate that song. I've always hated it, and I always wondered what it was for. Now, for clarification, it was rare. As a young kid, I stood up for the national anthem. But as I got older and got more militant, I wouldn't stand up for the national anthem based on how this country was treating my people if my life depended on it. Okay? So I don't want people to go away thinking that somehow... I'm tied or glued to the national anthem. 
in my older age now, if people want to uh, relegate themselves to the Black National Anthem, be my guest. I still don't like it, okay? And for people who uh, want to wrap themselves in the national anthem, the United States National Anthem, be my guest, okay? I ain't wrapping myself in, in that either because some okay. changes have to take place, some fundamental changes need to take place in this country in terms of the people that live in this country, and people need to be removed who have perpetuated this insanity that we see going on. And until that happens, I ain't paying much attention to much of anything symbolically. Even even the red, black, and green has been taken and weaponized by people, okay? Uh, so-called Juneteenth has been turned into a okay. weapon. Let me, let me take this next caller. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Excellent All comment, right. Brother but everything is a weapon now in terms of things I used to hold dear to me. And as a result, I don't acknowledge them anymore because I know who's pushing that agenda. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. 404. Hey, what up, y'all? How y'all be? That is all good. <laughs> in the well. I heard snow and shit. I put his ass to sleep. He tried to debate me. What's his goddamn brain? I put his ass to sleep, man. You sound much messing with it today. Yeah, way sound like yourself now tonight. Much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it goes. Everybody, but my nuclear matter. Stacy Graves, 
she said the, the shit was done by some bad actors, man. Okay. Unbelievable. She, you got when that stuff like that happens, or it be on television. Look to see what people say within the first two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, brother, big great receiver. You know and what? Though, yeah. There's been so many of them where they didn't got busted. I don't even pay any attention anymore. I just right. mentioned that the dude was a dude, and the media was saying it's a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is you- Fanny. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, Sister Bev, I found out in Detroit, man, the CDC got a warning, man, uh, to y'all. There's some serious diseases when they're finna drop on y'all, man. It's already, people are already coming down with something, right. and doctors don't know what it is. And I'm talking about something like that. So this shit crazy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I be sitting there, I'm sitting, it feel like water dripping on me through the air, man. You ever had that feeling, mm-hmm. Sister Bell, where I felt like I'm looking up, I feel like mm-hmm. water dripping on me, man. I just got, I mean, it, 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 this shit mm-hmm. been crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there, hey. and I'm mm-hmm. feeling like, what, what the hell, man? Sometimes it's crazy. This shit crazy, man. But anyway, it's fun to be alive, man, to see all this I, stuff, I, man. I, 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 I talked to your girl, Gloria, today. Uh-huh, that's good. She said she wanted to get in contact with you. Mm-hmm. See, uh, I'm a united, not divided, man. I know, I, I, I know. You know well, how thank I you man. That. All the time. I, I, I got work to do, man. I ain't going to no, no goddamn cemetery, no graveyard. Now, not, not, not in the near future. <laughs> yeah, it's now, man. Like I told my sister there, man, hell no, man. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I got too much to work to do. My, huh? Too much work to do. Yes, sir. My job is to uh, cook people's brains that fat up in between the left ear and the right ear. I heat, my job to heat everybody up, man, when I talk to people, man. I start <laughs> cooking the cholesterol and that fat between everybody's ears, man. Ears, man. And that's all the brain ain't nothing but fat meat, man. I'm going to heat you uh-huh. there. I, Eat it up, cut most, man. I, I took this fucking fat head, that fat between this left ear and right ear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knocked him like, out. <laughs> knocked him out cold. Yeah, you want to go through the white coats, man. Hard. I be telling you, let me bust their brain, man. Even these white coats I got, man. <laughs> I got two or three white coats, man. Like, this shit fun as hell. I be telling them, man. I tell them, I, I hate fucking doctors. I tell them all, I hate y'all ass, man. You walk around with a nail up. Uh, coat on the same coat as the butcher. What the fuck? Y'all ain't chopping on me, man. I tell the ass that, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, told, I told one doctor that he got insulted. He was like, well, what you come see me for? What you here for? Yeah. <laughs> you got to have some good doctors, man. I got one in my yeah, uh, you get- my doctor, He old like me. And then, uh, then this Duke Spectres I got, this fucking Dookie Hauser, man. I telling me shit. I be fucking with him, telling him shit about the new technology, about a rice machine, and uh, everybody frequency, body DNA got a frequency. I be busting his goddamn brain. He talking about I, I, I do my research information. I say damn right when it pertains to my black ass. I gotta check this shit out, mm-hmm. bro. I ain't, ain't the tip of the average Negro. 
in front of me a lot. We teach you their ass. I put them in the schools there. Robert Hicks, I'm like you, man. We go to, I, I school their ass, man. They ain't going to just be chopping on me. Those fuckers yes, be on me since I was two years old. Talking about I had a fucking hernia, man. When I was two years old, bro. So I yeah, hate them fuckers. fuckers. I managed to talk I to these doctors. Have, come in the world talking about I got a damn hernia, man. It got me in a damn cage. For two years, so I hate them motherfuckers, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know you. Yeah, I don't yeah, go yeah, to yeah. no doctor and don't ask them questions, man. That's right. Damn right. I tell them all, I'm walking in and I'm walking hot. Ain't going to be no bullshit. You yep. can make me better or don't make me no worse. I tell the ass, one of them, uh, I say, well, I got a paper to sign, $2 million, uh, $2 million lawsuit. You fuck me up with my tool don't work, uh, I, I'm going to get $2 million. The fucker went sign the paper, man. <laughs> 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 I'm checking a $2 million waiver right here. Sign the shit mm-hmm. right here. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you I know he ain't saying that. Oh, I, uh, Mama, she did call and check on me about a month ago, man. Oh, I want to thank. I want to thank Mama was easy. I told her I'm just in hibernation, man. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, this shit's going to be. About... Yeah, yeah. Don't don't feel bad, man. Uh, emails. He don't hardly uh, reply. This would be some good shit, but it's all good, man. She's all right. Sure. Yeah, we talked to. She called in uh, last week, I think, or week before last. Yeah, she yeah. doing? She okay? She good? Oh, good, good, good. Uh, or other dude, deep, deep, deep. Eric, uh, uh, what his name? The other Eric, the other E. He texted me, mm-hmm. man. Well, deep. Where my man stay cool? That was on last night, so I appreciate the family. I love y'all, man. I'm Same here. It just is. It just ain't no more. Everybody going through something, man. Everybody on the fucking planet. If you ain't going through shit, then you ain't lying, man. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> with you. But it's all good, man. It's shit fun to see all this crazy stuff. And and, and like you say, uh, this Biden Trump shit is fun as hell to me, man. We everybody act, uh, getting in their corners, man. I don't give a damn. He took two old crackers fuck them, man. Nah, it's, it's like a comedy of errors, man. Yep. Yeah. Man, it was such a bell. I'm going to let y'all chill, man. I just had to call in. Okay. It's funny. It's up most knowing. And Drew called in. He swirled. I know he's a little black girl in the background. He's swirling, man. <laughs> That's everything, man. I'm saying that. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the listener, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Come on with that music, Sister Bear. Uh, here I come. I, I had lost here.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.